Welcome back, everybody, to the Shadowless Podcast. I am pumped for today's episode. Uh, We're going to basically just dive straight into this. But before we dive into the news and the special guest that we have here with us, I am not here alone. I'm always joined by the talented, the beautiful, the lovely Jordan Fringe. Oh, wow. Oof. Yeah. There there was was so much... So much love in that that opening right there. I appreciate that. Right back at you there. I was trying to give you some love there. You know? Oh, man, I felt that. I felt but Jordan, that. we're not alone. We are not? There is a third person here on the Shadowless Podcast this week, and everybody's been super excited and ready to talk. We are joined by none other than Pokey Rev. What is going on, guys? <laughs> Happy to be here. I'm glad to have you here. What do you like to be called? Do you like to be called PokeRev, Pokemon Revolution, your real name, what? Well, um, you know what? I go by PokeRev, I go by Rev, Pokemon Revolution, and my first name is Nick. So um, really, whatever you guys want to call me, I'm, you know, totally cool with, so. (laughs) I I think I'm in the habit of calling you Rev. I think you are. Yeah, because like even when I talk to other people, they even refer to you as Rev too. Yeah, that's the easiest. Yeah, you, name for you might me, have to get like a name. a name change or something. Yeah, yeah. I think you, I think you need to legally change your name to Rev now. <laughs> so um, I might have to. Yeah, you you really might have to <laughs> <laughs> at this point. For a long time at the beginning, like I didn't even know your real name. I just yeah no, I just called you Rev all the time, and now it's it's stuck. So. Um, you're going to be forever Rev in my heart. All right. Well, I'll get on Google no, and uh, for how to change my name. For Rev. For, uh, I see what you did there. See what I did there. I see what uh, you did. Uh, okay. So um, we're happy that Rev here is with us. Um, we're going to, we're going to, you know, dive into some more hardcore topics a little bit later in the episode, but we always like to start off with the latest Pokemon news going on. And uh, Rev is going to be with us the entire podcast. It might go on. For two hours, it might go on for two days. I don't know at this point. we got a lot to talk about. So let's go ahead, um, jump right into the news. And um, let's go ahead and just start off with, uh, you know, some Sword and Shield talk. We've all opened up some Sword and Shield Pokemon cards, right? Sure. Plenty of them. Absolutely. Now, Rev, are you enjoying the set so far? Because I know... um, Vintage is kind of like where you're at, and you're just kind of like diving into Sword and Shield now. Um, what's your initial thoughts on it? You know, my initial thoughts right away were I was confused right off the bat. Um, <laughs> That's all right. And, you know, I was actually asking you um, a lot of questions about it, and you were kind enough to help me out. Um, and yeah, so I basically jumped into it and just started diving into it and opened a couple of boxes and did not pull anything crazy out of those boxes, but just going through the cards and being able to sit there and open a full booster box by myself is incredible because I'm used to, you know, opening a pack or two and that is it. And that's, that's the day right there. So, um, but yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. And then I actually opened half of a third one with my wife the other day. And that was a blast. Um, we had some 
really cool pools out of that. So it's been a lot of fun jumping into the newer stuff. Do you uh, do you feel a different vibe when you open up new stuff compared to old stuff? Yeah, and in a good way though. You know, at first I wasn't sure if I was really going to enjoy it, but it surprised me. Um, I really enjoy the hunt for those, you know, those gold cards, the rainbows. Yeah. And it's, fun. you know, when you have that hunt um, and that chase, it's fun. And, you know, I'm, I'm really starting to get into it. So I'm excited now. You know, I'm excited for the new sets that are releasing um, and the current generations and just learning about it because I kind of skipped over a lot of the past sets within the past five years uh, just because I... I felt like um, I didn't know, you know, maybe I didn't belong with the newer generations, but I'm finding out that jumping into it head first and getting into it is, is the way to go. It and, is, yeah. You know, you can enjoy it. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, you know, learn some new Pokemon, learn how to pronounce some new Pokemon names. It's always a good time. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> but, that is, yeah. With, uh, with Sword and Shield, uh, there seems to be a card in the set that is kind of shocking everybody when it comes to terms of value. And it's not a gold card, and it's not a full art card. It's just a regular ultra rare, and I'm talking about the Zacian V. Just a regular ultra rare. Now, there is a full art version, and then there is a gold version as well. But right now, like, the regular art version of Zacian V is going for almost $40. Having a, a regular ultra rare go for that much is pretty crazy i feel like we haven't seen that in a while jordan do you remember seeing a regular ultra rare that price in recent years not not anything like that um it's very it's very odd because like to me i felt it was kind of a more common pull because i've already pulled it twice and that was in the first week the set came out i pulled it twice uh but i haven't even seen the zamazenta v regular uh, you know like i haven't even pulled that yet and the uh-huh. fact that I pulled two of them and like it was also like a jumbo promo card at the end of last year. Just kind of weird. You know, it's, it's it such is. a weird choice for a card to have so much value. And has it had enough time to be considered like, okay, yeah, this is like the playable card. It, like this has been completely I mean, tested. It, that's, that's why the value is there is because of the playability of the card. Um, Zacian's ability uh, where you flip over three cards, you get to attach the energies to Zacian. If you but flip then you them can't over, attack, right? Yeah, your turn ends automatically. But the three cards you flip over, um, if any of those aren't energies, you get to put them into your hand. Mm. So it's essentially kind of like a little bit of a draw method. Uh, Interesting. So, I mean, if you put Zacian out on your first turn, you could essentially use that ability, draw three cards because you can't attack anyway. Right. So it's extra cards in your hand. So I think that's why we're seeing the price increase. Um, But I wouldn't expect it to be that big of an increase. Because not too long ago, I would say probably, what, about a week and a half ago, almost two weeks ago, it was about a $20 card, and it's almost doubled in price in the past week and a half. Hmm. Uh, So I think we're going to – we haven't really got to see it be played in tournaments because the set isn't legal yet. Um, Right as of this recording, but it should be here soon, I believe. Um, I don't know. We'll see if it continues to jump in price. It might, it might not. Uh, I thought that was very, a very fascinating thing to talk about that a regular ultra rare is almost $40. Uh, that's just something we don't see uh, in newer Pokemon cards when it comes to regular ultra rares. Usually it's a full art 
or a secret rare or a hyper rare that's usually around that price, but uh, a regular regular ultra rare, and that's kind of uh, amazing to see. So figured I would bring that up. Um, next bit of news, we, uh, we got to go into this Pokemon Center stuff. Uh, Jordan, yes. uh, I, I don't know if you're spending any money or not on, no, on this always stuff. Spending money. But uh, we got some new uh, Pokemon Center items dropping. We got right now up in the Pokemon Center. Well, I guess after this podcast is up, everything will be up. But um, there's a couple new things up in the Pokemon Center. We got some plushies that yep. are essentially ditto plushies. Buying them in MQ1 right now. Are you really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's Mimikyu. I have to have it. Uh, but these uh, these new plushies, we got a, uh, a Morlul, a Lucario, an Executor, a Mimikyu, and a, a Mew, and they're all ditto. Dude, just or, look at no that. Way. Just look at that yeah. Lucario's face. It, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe the funniest looking plush I've ever seen in my life. I love oh. ditto plushies for some reason. I was going to say the ditto. It's just all the ditto, the Mew version especially. Right? It's just that happy little face. Oh. They're $14.99 each. Uh, as of right now, they're all still up on Pokemon Center. Um, if I think if I had to buy one, I think the, uh, the executor for me, because you get three dittos kind of. <laughs> three faces. I mean. Yeah, and they're all different. Maximizing yeah. your face, face count right there. Not yeah. bad. So, uh, uh, Rev, if you had to get one of these, which one are you going with? Um, I like the reason why you chose the ex- Executor, but I think I would go with the Mew. Yeah, that's my second pick. So you're telling me you guys are just going to get plushies and you're not going to get that brand new Eevee jewelry, that $200 ring? Um, did I, I did I miss that? Did that go up there? It's on the new release page. <laughs> it's just a $200 jewelry ring thing. little how, charm. How wow. am I not seeing this? It's not on my new release page. Oh, I'm seeing it. I'll, I'll send you a link. I just noticed Is it, it part myself. of the like the Valentine's Day thing? Uh I don't think so. It, it just looks like just a new piece of jewelry. Like they they very rarely drop jewelry items. Um It's just weird. Like I can it's it's they're calling it a like a ring, but it looks more like a add-on to like a charm bracelet than yeah, a, I do, a finger ring. I do ring. see that. That'd be kind of a weird finger ring to have dangling bits to it. No, oh, the picture the picture is showing yeah. it worn as a regular ring. Huh. Very really? interesting. I've never seen that. That's but it does that. say but it's two hundred dollars, oh, okay. so it has to be mm. has to be something good there, right? Cubic zirconia. Mm. Uh, Sterling silver. This is and it says for adult use only. Dang it. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> um I don't know, that's interesting. Uh a piece I of just two- noticed that. Yeah. Well I mean I probably wouldn't buy that. That'd be a pass for me. That's uh, fair. Uh, are you? Is that something you're getting, Jordan? Uh, absolutely. Of course, I need it right now. Uh, I mean, no, if you're I'm gonna, if I'm you're gonna, gonna spend two hundred and fifty dollars on a skateboard, that's different. Skateboard oh, okay. I'm putting up on the wall is art. I can't justify putting <laughs> a little ring on the wall. You can't even see it. You don't put it on the wall. You put it on your finger. How? I'm not gonna carry it. Not a jewelry guy. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got the the Ditto plushies. Uh, yes. We also have the upcoming release. So as we're recording this, it's not yet released. But once this podcast goes up, it will be released and probably sold out. Uh, yes. The, uh, an afternoon with Evie and friends starts um, essentially the 18th of February. 
And we are getting an afternoon with Evie and friends. Evie figure by Funko is the first one coming out. Uh, $14.99 is the price. I'm assuming there's probably going to be a limit of two per person on these. These usually sell out within, what, hour or two hours? Jordan, you are you bought a lot of the Pikachu ones, so. Yeah, they're, they're going to be gone within that first hour um, in most cases. Uh, at least how I've dealt with it. It's the website would kind of freeze and it would, you'd have trouble putting the item even in your cart and going through with the order because the website was crashing and you'd have to get very lucky for one of the times you'd click that would actually bring you to the payout page. And um, yeah, so it, it, this is the first EV one. So we don't know. We don't know. Yeah. I've also heard that this first EV one is also going to be one that you're going to be able to easily find at GameStop potentially. Yeah. That's what so. I was thinking too. Cause wasn't the first one for the Pikachu in GameStop as well. It was like every other one and i don't know when that other started like i don't know if it was the first one or the second one but i just knew it was like kind of like almost every other one was a gamestop shared release um but not all of them were so i don't know how they're going to do the the ev ones we'll find out how crazy it's going to be you know tomorrow i assume it'll be the same kind of hectic release and immediately if you're not able to get it the ebay prices are probably similar to pikachu's where they're going to be about 40 dollars day one when they sell mm-hmm. out so it's going to add a you know a good little extra twenty five dollars on top of the original price, um, so I recommend trying to get it as early as you can. If you're on the West Coast, it is nine to nine thirty a.m. They're releasing it, and if you're on you know over here on the East Coast, it's going to be a noon to noon thirty <laughs> release. So it, it's weird. It's a window, which is interesting, yeah. and I think this is what you and I talked about. I think this is in relation to the skateboard incident. Uh, and I don't even want to call it really an incident because, oh my gosh, scary five minutes of terror. But right. it was, they announced the boards were going to be released at at noon, right? And they didn't drop until 12.05. So, and we were all panicking. That- everyone was freaking out. When's the button? When's it going to click? When's it going to load? And then a release. No problem. And yeah. you know, for the most part, everyone got to get the board they wanted. If you're Pokey Rev, you bought all five because you're a <laughs> madman. And I'm really totally not jealous at all. Uh, really good video, by the way. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think it's interesting that there's a window. So now there's just going to be 30 minutes of dedicated time to just sitting and waiting i still probably feel it's going to be about a 905 you know 1205 release i think they're just going to wait till the site updates updates they're just giving it that uh buffer room little buffer zone Mm -hmm. just in case something happens so now uh rev are you into the funko stuff uh yeah i actually have a pretty big display of um funko pops non-pokemon ones too yeah oh really so you're you're kind of would you say hardcore into it or just eh, you pick them up every once in a while uh, casual. Pick okay. them up once in a while. Yeah. Do you have Pokemon ones? Um, yeah, I got all of the or most of the Pokemons that re- released um, last year, like the Squirtle, Charmander, Pikachu. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, not not crazy crazy into them, but I like picking them up once in a while. Yeah, I think that's kind of how me and Jordan are as well. Just every once in a while, and I know Jordan, you're more into the. Like Evie and Friends and the Day with Pikachu uh, ones. I stopped for the Pikachu ones. I think I stopped after like the third one because I missed one and I was like, all right, I give up. <laughs> I was done. Because <laughs> they no, were kind I of haven't. a pain. They were they really were a pain to get. Yeah, you had to just kind of be dedicated to be sitting there. Um, like, 
yeah. that's about it. You had to sit there and wait. And there were times where it was frustrating, very frustrating. It was. So with the the afternoon with Eevee, they're going to release one of every single Eeveelution. Um, yes. And as of right now, we assume one every month. I don't see... Yeah, check back each month as a new one. Yeah, available. all the way up until October. Uh, so that's kind of weird. We won't have like a, a Christmas-themed one. Assuming yeah. that these are themed by a month. I have no idea. Right. All we got was kind of a picture of the silhouettes. Like, we can obviously tell who's on what, but yeah. we don't know what the scenery is. Uh, the Eevee ones are just on a grassy field. I assume it, they may kind of stay similar, but maybe they'll kind of theme it to their typing, which would be interesting. So Well, if, we'll have to let's see. see here. Umbreon would get released in October, and Umbreon would be the best one for a Halloween, I would assume. Oh, yeah. I mean, that'd be cool. I would like a Halloween-themed one. So I'm, I assume there'd probably be some sort of theme to the months that they're released in. I just caught the Pokemon Center releasing a brand new item as I was refreshing the page. Uh-oh. And then it disappeared Ooh. off the new releases, but I was still able to order it. What was it? It was, no it was a brand new St. Patrick's Day pin with Pikachu and Meowth. Ooh. Is this they an literally exclusive? just loaded. Uh, yeah, it'll be on their website. I'm sure if you go to the Pokemon Center in New York... They usually, or the Nintendo store in New York, they usually have that stuff there. Um, but they just just randomly loaded on the new release page for one second, then disappeared. I caught it real quick, and I was oh, able wow. to put an order in for it. So, wow. I want to see if I can. Okay, I, I see what you're you talking just, about. I think if you just go to the pins page, uh, it's not even up. To I just I just typed page. in St. Patrick's Day. Okay, did it pop up then? Yeah, leaping into luck. Yes. Okay, so uh, there we go. Something to kind of, I guess, maybe drop during while we're recording this. Leaping that was interesting. Into, wow. <laughs> leaping into luck, sliding celebrations Pokemon pin. It's got Pikachu uh, and Meowth on it with a nice little rainbow right behind it. This is why you can't trust this website, man. They just update when they want to. 6.05 p.m. they drop something. What's with this uh, 05? Actually, not a bad little pin. No, it's pretty cool. I like it. it. Definitely... The pins are very inexpensive, you know, when it's just a single pin like that. Yeah. So I try to get exclusive ones. It definitely kind of looks a little nostalgic. I don't know why. It just does. Well, it looks kind of scratched up if you zoom in on it. I don't know why. Yeah, it, it <laughs> does. Picture, that's kinda, like, that's it looks... I think why it was giving me that nostalgic <laughs> feel. <laughs> yeah, it looks like it's been through like 10 years of use. It looks really cool, though. It does. It does. I mean, you got the Kanto Pokemon in there, so we all love Kanto Pokemon. Absolutely. Um, well, let's get into let's save the skateboards for last. Uh, let's finish everything else up in the news, and then we'll talk about these skateboards. Um, and that might be one of the last times we ever talk about the skateboards until new ones drop out. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, um, we got a the silhouette of the new mythical Pokemon has been revealed. Just the silhouette. Just the silhouette. That's all. Mm. Um, it's going to be revealed on February twenty seventh in the Pokemon Coco movie. That is C-O-C-O, not uh, K-O-K-O. Um, and we don't really have anything, any other information on it, do we, Jordan? Uh, no. The only other parallels we can draw to it is that the kid that we saw in the trailer for that mm -hmm. has a very similar look to the design of this Pokemon. Um, like, he has very similar, like, little things on his arms, like... I don't even know what that wraps, bandaged vines, something on his arm matches like the the way that the Pokemon looks, and maybe okay. here's here's my guess, right? The clips that we see of the baby in the forest was this kid is somehow getting lost there when he was a baby, 
and this mythical Pokemon raising him, and that's why he has a similar look to him. And that's probably... Uh, I feel like that's probably going to be the story. Um, that's just my guess. Uh, the Pokemon... Very interesting. I don't... <sighs> I don't know how to describe the look of it aside from a monkey with a nice hairdo. I I don't nice. I don't really okay. <laughs> I, I mean like I feel like I don't even I couldn't even tell what was the typing supposed to be when we talked about it um, the oh, other week. Um, and, like it said what his typing was what the what was the, it fairy? the Pokemon's No, it no. was uh, maybe it was psychic or something. I think that's it was in like the the press release from Pokemon themselves. So it'll be remember. interesting if it's a psychic type relating back to the jungle because there's also the shrine that relates back to Pokemon Forever, the movie. I don't know. I don't have no idea at this point what to expect. I, well, maybe this is a story about a prequel to Tarzan, for all we know. Who knows? So. Uh, it's um, going to be released on February 27th, which is also what day? Pokemon, Pokemon day. day. Yeah, so Pokemon Day is February 27th. Um, I imagine we'll see lots of things going on on February 27th. Yes. Um, we got and, the movie. Yes, we do get the movie on Netflix. Dropping the same day. Oh, um, yeah. Quick Pokemon Go news. If you are in Liverpool, if you're near Liverpool, uh, the Safari Zone is going on there. I don't remember what the exact date is, but uh, the tickets are now for sale uh, for the Pokemon Go Safari Zone in Liverpool. Uh, last I checked, there was still some, but there might not be any more. So oh, just no. wanted to make that a quick mention. So let's get into these skateboards. Let's talk about these skateboards. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we all bought skateboards. Rev, you bought skateboards. Jordan, you bought skateboard. I bought a skateboard. Yes. Um, Rev, let me, let me get your initial thoughts on this. Um, does it take a lot for you to want to buy a newer Pokemon item? Well, uh, yeah, sometimes. I like the newer uh, the newer sets buying booster boxes, but um, certain items I I like when they're limited. But yeah. as you know, with English stuff, it's really rarely happens. Yes. So this really um, got me interested when I heard about it on your guys' podcast. And... Now I'm sitting here talking about them with you guys. So. Yeah, <laughs> and you had that I purchased them because of you guys. So well, I appreciate oh, that. Well, thank you, and I'm sure um, Bear Walker and Pokemon Center thank you as well. Um, but yeah, are you? So what are you going to do with them? I mean, are you one that's going to hang them up on the wall? Are you going to ride them? What? What? So um, are they going in storage? I am. I did. I just dropped a video on them today, actually, and I. Um, I mentioned that I was going to ride them, but I was kidding. So I definitely am not going to ride them. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to see people's reaction. Uh, no, I, I couldn't ride them. They're too they're too limited for me um, to ride. But I definitely want to hang them on the wall. But uh, space is an issue. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I do. <laughs> I, I like to have them displayed, though. You know, you have to display that kind of stuff. I mean, the craftsmanship that went into that—it's insane. It's just, yeah, and uh, the I'd love to hang them. The pictures don't do it justice, do any of the skateboards justice. Like, when you have that in your hands and you see the skateboard, it is just breathtaking. Yes. It really is. And um, we we talked about these last week. We did it before and after when they were, uh, before they were on sale and then right after they went on sale. Um, and it took 
it took a while for all of them to sell out, but it was less than 24 hours. Um, yes. Pikachu sold out probably, what, within the first three hours? Yeah, I Pikachu would, I was would, first. And then Charizard. Then Charizard. And then it was Gengar. Gengar. So yeah. Mewtwo yeah. and Gyarados, and then Gyarados was last. Um, and I... Th- I, I'm pretty sure it was all around within 24 hours because I know I was keeping a very close watch on when they were going to sell out. Um, but only 150 boards each of each design. Uh, just like you said, Rev, we hardly ever see limited stuff like that in, uh, outside of Japan, really. So yeah, it, absolutely. it's something that, I mean, if you're a collector, that's something that you definitely want to jump on. And I'm not a skateboarder, so... It didn't appeal to me in a skateboarding sense, um, but it made me kind of want to skateboard a little bit. I, you know, it makes ha- me yeah. miss skateboarding. That's for sure. It, it, yeah, uh, you, you actually skateboarded, Jordan. Yeah. Did, yeah. did it make you want to kind of like jump on the board a little bit? and? Oh, yeah. Right I, off into I the wish I, had, I wish I had the time and the ankles to still skateboard. Did you try Whenever standing you're on ready, it? Jordan. Did you try standing on it at all? Maybe off camera, but I don't know if I should admit that to upset anybody. <laughs> maybe I maybe I did take a little step on the board to see how I mean, it felt. Guys, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I rode mine. <laughs> <laughs> did you? Yeah, I did. That's awesome. Um, well, I, you know, I I don't know how to skateboard, so I can't technically say I rode it because it was me basically trying to stand on it without falling off. Um, yeah. But I I did a video and I was like, I, it's so beautiful and it was it was meant to ride. And I got to ride it. And so we had a bunch of snow outside, so I couldn't go ride it outside. Uh, So we just rode around the house. So it was basically me (laughs) trying to stand on the board and then crashing into, like, the studio lights. And that that was really all. Perfect. That's fun. But I did a video on it. That'll be dropping soon. But I I just had to – when I saw it, I was like, I got to ride this. I can't. I can't hang this up on the wall and not ride it. I got Talk you. about service, though, with shipping. Uh, I don't know about you, Rev, and when you exactly got your boards in, but my board came the next morning of ordering it. Yeah. I watched your video, and I saw it. Um, you had it up the next day. Yeah. Right? Literally. Yeah, I, I didn't. I was not expecting it. So, like, literally in that video is me rushing to Lowe's to go buy hangers for the board. I was like, oh, I got a notification uh, yeah. that a package was delivered. I go look at my front door just a giant skateboard box and i was like oh okay i mean hey it made that 265 worth it you know it just made it more worth it like you know what i'll take it so yeah i was surprised did yours come the next day too um mine came it was two days two days okay but they shipped them out of ohio yeah yeah um, that makes sense yeah but uh i yeah i just posted about them and actually uh bear walker yeah i saw that um, he reposted it on his instagram yeah um we had a quick back and forth on the picture but i know that you were trying to get him on the podcast Uh potentially so yeah hopefully yeah hopefully that all works out um Mm -hmm. yeah we might be trying to work that out we'll see see how that goes but we'd love to have have bear walker talk to bear walker just kind of i'd just like to know how this all came about really i mean i didn't know he can walk the walk but can yeah. you talk the talk? I I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Way to put it, Jordan. <laughs> That's me. You're just your just your average Joe here with the I, great I, commentary. <laughs> I just want to know like how this whole collaboration came about. You know, like did he approach Pokemon? Did Pokemon approach him? Um, mm-hmm. 
how did they yeah. pick which Pokemon were going to get a skateboard? Um, I, I just find that whole process fascinating. And why 150? Like, why not 200 or 250? Like, why was it just 150 boards of each? So there's lots of questions to be asked there. Uh, yeah. Rev, out of all the boards, which one's your favorite? Gengar. Really? Okay. Okay. Is it because he's I the like... only one who's painted in? Partially, but Gengar is in my top five Ooh. Pokemon. Ooh. Um, yeah. So I just really like how you looked on there. We we talked about yeah. this last week on the podcast. If they did a series two, who would you like to see in series two? So Rev, if you had a couple Pokemon you'd like to see in series two, which which one would you choose? You know what? I would like Lugia. I'd like uh, Gen One Starter before they evolve. Maybe a Charmander or or a Squirtle. I think that'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe um, do a Mew. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think we both agreed on Mew last week, too. I think Mew has to be one. I just want a neon green Celebi. Ooh. <laughs> we'll keep waiting, Jordan. Uh, just anything neon green <laughs> at this point. Something that stands out like the Gyarados, because like the Gyarados one, that blue, is just so eye-catching. The fact that he's only on one side of the board, and his eyes are red, and, and the blue. I don't know. It just stands out so much to me the most. I think that's why I ended up going with it. It would yeah. it'd be interesting if they did a shiny Pokemon. I mean, I wouldn't say no. I, it's a possibility. It's a possibility. It definitely is. If they did one of Ash Ketchum, would you get it? Oh, 100%. <laughs> That'd be dope. If they start doing characters, can you imagine a Misty board? That'd be uh, the one that sells out first. I'd buy the Misty board. Ooh, yeah. yeah. My favorite character is Misty. So Nice. I'd absolutely buy that. So skateboards are a big hit. Um, I think if they do a Series 2, it'll probably be just as popular as Series 1. I know a lot of people were definitely saying, um, like, once they saw people open up their skateboards and post pictures, a lot of people were definitely saying, like, oh, I really wish I would have bought one now. Um, it's, like I said, the pictures didn't do it justice. Once you have that board in your hands, it's just, it's unbelievable. And it's heavy, too. Wow, mm, is it yeah. heavy. I guess that's what a real skateboard feels like. Yeah, these ones probably more for cruising, but yeah, yeah they're they're definitely on the heavier side. Is there a difference um, between a cruising skateboard and a, a yeah? You're this really? you're not going to yeah. be doing tricks really no. on this. Uh, it, you can't. Regular skateboard has uh, lips on the both ends of it that kind of curve up. That's how you get your pops for when you ollie oh, okay. and do any sort yeah. of pop shove. It's kick flips, any flip tricks. That's how you you get air. Uh, this is more of a cruiser, especially the way the wheels are. This is something you get for speed and for just gliding around with like not really feel like with a skateboard you really feel the gravel with those kind of uh skateboard wheels but with the wheels on this this is more akin to like a smaller longboard so it, yeah. it has more of a, a a really nice cruise on gravel you're not going to really feel every little rock and dent in the road but you're going to cruise really smoothly i guess is the best oh, way to put it okay i had no clue like i said i know nothing about skateboards but i, I kind of don't learn yeah. today kind of want to skateboard now can i use one of those sticks those like long poles to like scoot myself. You could, but I may have to laugh at you to see you struggle with the little <laughs> stick. <laughs> That'd be pretty. Don't funny. those have an actual name though? A walking stick? No, like don't they make like I don't know. Maybe I'm just making this up in my head, but I thought like <laughs> they had like certain. I think type, of like certain types of skateboards and these like long poles, and you just kind of like. You talking about a scooter? Like, like skiing? <laughs> kind of like skiing, I guess, but with skateboards. Um, not I that know. I can think of. I, 
I can't. I think they have something like that in the ocean when you're like, you like, like an oar. Like a, you know, you need an oar. Like a, Guys, I don't know. I really feel like I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> now right. I really want to see you skateboard. <laughs> I really want to see what you're talking that video's about. Video's dropping Tuesday. <laughs> hey, it, it will. Jordan. Yeah. What, what did you think about how Bear does the grip? on the skateboards how he doesn't use actual grip tape i really liked it uh i i was very surprised because like even when i first saw the pictures I was like okay that's cool he's doing that but like the fact that it's legit just like specially like carved into the wood it's just more of a a good grip like when i when i felt it I'm like yeah your your legs your, your feet are not sliding off this if you're gonna cruise on it it actually is pretty uh stable but i like how like rough it is like you you don't even have to like hit it hard you touch it and it's like it it's sharp like it it has like good uh stickiness that, to it like it'll pull so you're not gonna fall off it which i like yeah it, it actually felt to me better than real grip tape like yes i, I how he did it i trust I riding it. that really fast over the my regular skateboard yeah definitely well if you want to see jordan or rev unbox the skateboards go to their youtube channels and then if you want to watch me unbox mine and then laugh at me, essentially, for trying to ride the skateboard, you can go watch my video. <laughs> but anyways, oh, let's get into uh, let's get into some some serious talk here, Rev. Um, we got, serious we got talk. Questions talk for turkey. you? Yeah, I'm, re- I'm ready to talk turkey. Um, so you've recently gotten into the content creating scene uh, of when, yes. when it comes to Pokemon. What what kind of made you want to do that? Because you were into collecting before this, so this is something kind of new to you, right? Yeah, so I have been, I guess you could say, in the Pokemon community for the last five years or so, Um, and I always wanted to make the jump to YouTube, but I never did it until, I'm going to say I started about two and a half months ago, and, you know, it's funny, I just, you kind of think about doing these things in your life, and you never you know, a lot of people don't do it because you're just thinking in your head, you're planning, you're figuring things out, but Mm -hmm. you just have to sit down and hit record. Exactly. That's the only way and hit upload because you'll, you'll keep making excuses. And I made excuses for years, you know, not ready, blah, 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 this reason, that reason, you know, what do people think of me? Mm -hmm. Um, What am I going to, you know, what, what what kind of content am I going to do? And I just went, went on for years. And then one day, I was driving home from the post office and I had a uh, really, really interesting package of uh, a booster box that I wanted to share with everyone. And, you know, I thought to myself, oh, am I, you know, I'm going to upload a picture on Instagram. And, you know, I was like, I think, I think this is the time to do it. So I made the decision on the, the drive home. I uh, I got home, you know, I came inside, went to um, the Pokey Cave, sat down and this is before, you know, it was called the Pokey Cave. It was just, the background was just you yeah. know, cardboard boxes and I didn't have it set up. But I sat down in a chair and put my phone, you know, just a regular iPhone, put it on a, a stand. I think I didn't even have a stand. It was like a cardboard. I used like a booster box mm-hmm. or something. And uh, I just put my phone down. I, I literally hit record. I walked over and I sat down and I, I filmed a, uh, a 10 minute video and I just hit done, did it in one take and no editing, nothing, just hit upload. And the response I got, blew me away and, and i thought wow this is this is really fun first of all and, and second of all people are enjoying it so from that moment on i just didn't i haven't stopped and that and that's yeah that's great to hear because it's 
And it's also it's very inspiring to people because I was the exact same way that I just picked up my phone and just started. Um, and it was really that's it's re- what I always say. You have a phone, you can start. Yeah, you that's can really build up all to you other need. things you you can do. But all it takes is a phone. If you have one in your pocket, it works. It has good audio. If you have any phone from the last five six years, it has good camera. So yeah, you're good yeah. to go. And let me put this. I want to put this on record too. I actually went out after a month or so of doing videos. I went out and I bought a higher end camera and I set it up and I, I, I started filming on it and, and I said, you didn't like it. Did I don't you? like yeah, this. I, knew. <laughs> I don't like this. Give me my iPhone back. So I went, I returned it. I got my iPhone. I had used two iPhones. Now I used the newest iPhone and then I have one that's a year or two older. And yeah, just so everyone knows, you know, people that have iPhones within the last whatever amount of years, three, four years, those are awesome. Look at the quality of these iPhones. People are buying them just to film with. Oh, exactly. So you can you can make videos right now because most people have iPhones or you know whatever phones. Yeah, you can so. you can uh, record, edit, upload all through your phone. You don't need yeah. You don't need a computer. You really don't. I mean, as time goes on, you know, you want to start investing in cameras and lighting and stuff like that. And, you know, things kind of you know just kind of personally, you want to invest in things, but. Um, when you're first starting off, you definitely don't need to. I mean, it, just like you said, mm-hmm. just just pick up, pick up the camera or the phone and just hit record. That's all you got to do. Um, we've talked about it in the past. I think a lot of people just make excuses of why not to record. Like, oh, my audio is going to sound bad or people are going to laugh at me or my camera is not that good. They're just all excuses of not to do it. So you I just also got right, to do the it. other one I hear majority of as well uh, is um you know i'm too nervous or i'm i'm not i don't know how to be on camera i don't know how you can do it and the number one thing i i, I always preach and say is that be yourself that mm-hmm. that's what's going to get you the attention that you may be looking for in terms of wanting an audience you say i'm getting things like i don't know how i'll grow i'm scared like don't you shouldn't worry about the growing aspect of it first if if you're worried about anything artificial then you're going into it with the wrong mindset you have to one enjoy the stuff you make so if you enjoy opening pokemon or talking about pokemon or you know showing off vintage pokemon stuff great that's your passion go for it all you have to do when you turn on that camera is it's just you and a camera all right there's no one else in the room there just be yourself and it'll just come natural all right Mm -hmm. that's all you have to be don't 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 they'll try to be someone else. Exactly. Right. Don't look at someone else's persona or who or how they may be because that's their personality. Don't try to emulate something else. Be exactly who you are. The mm-hmm. same way you would talk to your friends, the same way you would talk to anyone else about your excitement for something that you love and that's going to in turn be recognized. I guarantee you if you are yourself and you put your time and effort into making the content you want to make for your passion and hobby and you're yourself, you will find an audience. You will grow. Uh, and I do want to note that, like, you know, since like two and a half months that you've been on YouTube, Rev, uh, from the jump, your content has been in my recommended. Oh, so, yeah. like, when, when you started with, you know, like the, um, the, the sealed, you know, the was it expedition, right? That was your first yeah. video. Uh, that video, and then the, uh, the ex Pokemon card employees briefcase in my recommended every single day. And I was like, I started watching the videos and I was like, I've seen this background before i've seen this like 
unbelievable amount of awesome stuff before. Then I put two and two together. I'm like, wait a second. I've seen this whole collection. I've seen this stuff before. <laughs> and like, I was like, wow, this is great that you're making the jump uh, to YouTube. And I think one of the biggest things, uh, aside from having very interesting content, like the, the stuff that you do cover and show off, uh, and besides having, you know, being yourself and being a good personality, is the fact that your thumbnail game has been impeccable. Like it, that's that's another big aspect to it, and I, I do I don't want that to also be like something that is not discussed. I think thumbnails and titles are majority of the battle to get anyone interested in clicking onto a video to discover someone. And you have been since the jump killing it with thumbnails. Like even like as soon as I saw the skateboard video go out today. As soon as I saw that thumbnail, all five of them lined up, you on the couch, a little bit of blur on some of the stuff in the background, the big Pokemon sign that you got recently right there. Perfect. It looks great. That's all you need. It's great. And the title was perfect. That. And like you've, you've done a, a great way of showing it off. And you, you bring something new and unique to YouTube with, with how you're covering everything. And I've told Nate this uh, plenty of times behind the scenes, and I've, told, and I've, and I've said it to other people as well. I think, I mean, just off these two and a half months, like I'm like this. This is gonna be one of the biggest Pokemon channels on YouTube. You're already your growth has been incredible. You're about to hit ten thousand here soon. You're like you're what almost nine thousand. Like that's incredible, man. And I and I want you to like it's it's that moment that you sat there and you're like should sh- sh- I should do it right when that moment clicked for you. That was a sign that you should. And I'm glad you took that sign because you have opened up a whole new world to a lot of other collectors out there and to new people into Pokemon to respect a time that came before them. And they can learn a lot about this stuff. Your video about, you know, all the Charizards and their worth, extremely interesting. The fact that you go in depth about your uh, eBay sales, which I've seen your eBay store for a long time and I've always seen stuff on there. And then the amount of like, the amount of stuff you have is one unparalleled. That's crazy your collection is insane and what i'm trying to say here is that this is a perfect example of someone who knows what they talk about loves what they're talking about loves what they do and can bring that joy and be themselves onto a platform this two and a half months ago poker of youtube wasn't a thing right and now it is right you put the time into it you've jumped into it and i'm sure for years it's just in the back of your mind like eh, who would watch who would care who would but you took the leap of faith hey jordan i really appreciate it that's honestly the nicest thing i think that anyone's ever said to me like i'm blown away honestly and all the support that everyone's been showing you know you nate and everyone the subscribers everyone watching and sharing it's it's unbelievable uh and that that kind of stuff really does impact me it really does keep me going it keeps me motivated it keeps me wanting to create more content and bring more videos out and you know when people say you know i've watched videos before and people say oh you know they read the comments and everything like that i never thought anything of it but i'm sitting here for hours i'm reading everyone's comments on my videos and it just impacts me in in a way that people probably don't really know um those words do affect me and they do keep me going and it, it makes me think that i am doing something right i'm on the right track and you know at the same time if i can help people learn something if i can entertain and you know share my experiences with everyone i'm gonna i want to keep going and um yeah it's just it's it's been 
honestly the most fun I've had in Pokemon since I started five years ago. And it's just, you know, it's, it's really unbelievable. I'm glad to hear, I'm really, really glad to be a part of it. I'm glad to hear that you're having fun with it because that's really the key is to have fun exactly. with it. And that's exactly what you're doing. And I tell people all the time, if you want to know something about vintage, if you're just now getting into the, the Pokemon collecting world, you got to watch Rev. You have to watch Rev. I mean, it, you're kind of the go-to for, for vintage. So, um, and you bring a lot to the table, just like Jordan said, you know, it's, it's something new, it's something refreshing. Um, and you, you know what you're talking about and that's a, that's a big deal. So uh, a big, a big congratulations to you because you deserve it. You absolutely do. So uh, thank you so much. Absolutely. I, I really appreciate it. Um, really appreciate it, Nate. It, it it's rare to see some new and refreshing stuff. So um, I'm glad that we're seeing it um, and just keep doing it. Just, just keep doing what you're doing. Keep going down the path. Um, and, and definitely don't worry about, you know, any negative comments or anything like that. I know those can get to people, but don't worry about them. You're, you're doing good and uh, you're a good person on top of that. So uh, I'm uh, you, absolutely. You too, you're, uh, you're one of my favorite content creators, but you're an even better friend. So, oh, I, you're a great friend too. I, well, thank you. I, I'm I'm speechless. So, you know, I just we brought you on here just to praise you for two hours. And now that we praised you, I do have a bone to pick with you. Oh, I think I know what this is about. So, uh, how's the staff station? <laughs> I, I knew it was coming. <laughs> so, just to yeah. give a, a quick little synopsis. Yeah. A couple episodes ago, we talked about how. There was a Pokemon Snap Station for sale, and I hadn't gotten a message uh, of who bought the Snap Station. I didn't say it in the episode because at the time I didn't want to spoil anything for for Rev. Um, but Rev, you were the in, the one that ended up getting the Snap Station. I did. Uh, so grateful. Um, and yeah, I saw, I heard the <laughs> podcast, and I immediately I cringed, and I. <laughs> I thought, oh no! <laughs> no, I, listen, at, I, I it couldn't be at a better place, though. You know, right? If if I wasn't, I was, I wasn't gonna be able to get it at the time anyway. It was super close to me, right? Which is like crazy. I'm like, wow, that's super close. I if I had a truck, I can go rent and go get it right now. But also, it was the fact of like, I had some other things to spend the money on, and it was a great deal and all that. But I'm I'm happy that it went to such. Uh, you know, a great collection and a good person and a good home. And I know you're going to take care of it. Your video on it was super cool. It looked super clean and nice. You got all the other little extra Pokemon stuff from that store. That giant sign is super awesome. So, you know, I'm happy that at least someone I know and I know who's going to take care of it was able to get it. And it's not just going to kind of sit and be forgotten about, you know? So I'm happy about that at least. So, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, I've been looking for one for four to five years now, ever since I started. And mm-hmm. I think I talked to you about this before, Nate, and every time I'd see one come up, it'd be on the West Coast. Yeah. And, you know, shipping something like that, a couple thousand dollars at oh, least. Oh, it's so. ridiculous. There's one in Oregon. That's the only other one I know about is the one in Oregon. And no one, everyone I know is on the East Coast who wants to buy it. Right. <laughs> I know people overseas that want to buy them. And I mean, the prices are... I, to ship it overseas, I, I wouldn't even know. No, Definitely too in, crazy. In the past, what six months, eight months, the prices on them have drastically went up. 
It's because everyone's getting them, yes. man. Everyone wants them because everyone's. Get, I feel like I'm the last PokeTuber <laughs> who's on the hunt for one because it's like, oh, they can. Oh, Lee. Oh, yeah. oh man. I'm gonna be the. Not, the funny thing is, I'm sitting here complaining. I don't have one. I don't have the room, but I still want it. Is that a, is that when you know you have a problem with Pokemon? Is when you know you don't have the viable space at all, but you're willing to sacrifice any space just to get it. That's not a problem at all. Okay, just no, make it sure. Not a problem at all. Uh, okay. Rev, I'm much like I'm you. There with it's you. been on my list of like most wanted things. Um, I have like a top ten list, and that's easily been in my top top three for the longest time. So, uh, how does it feel to finally have one in your possession? Do you ever just sit there and stare at it like I do? Oh, I I sit and I play it. Oh, I don't sit. I stand and I play it. <laughs> I stand and I play it um, for as long as it lets you because it resets after like fifteen minutes or like, something like that. I didn't know the first time I did that, and I went through and I was picking my photos out and I just reset. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, and I was getting ready to print. I'm coming oh, through yeah, to print some. Yeah, yeah, you have to. Uh, it's amazing. I, I I just seeing it. You know, it's like the same thing with the skateboards. Yeah, seeing it on YouTube is one thing, and then when you actually have it there and you're picking your photos out and you're printing them out and it, oh it's it's nothing compares it's amazing so but so i was talking about yeah. the the price of them and the, like the value of them um when you were searching for them a year ago would you say that they were a lot cheaper than now yes <laughs> yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> extremely <laughs> yeah yeah uh, definitely definitely but you got yours for a pretty good I mean, price though so i yeah yeah i definitely got mine for under market mm-hmm. you, you, yes you <laughs> for, very much for did. sure um i was in my opinion I no know. no i agree with you 100 percent. you did um i got mine for 1200 back in back in august of last year um, wow yeah it, that's gone that's are the days of those prices. great price <laughs> <All right. laughs> i got it so i got it for 1200 i mean everything's in, in perfect working condition i got cards with it i got extra ink i got extra printer paper I got a stack of those blockbuster posters where you put the stickers on them. You, oh yeah, yeah. Is that the Pokemon Stadium? Yeah, posters. Yeah. Okay. Um, I got a stack of those with it. So. Um, wow. Yeah, it was just an unbelievable find, and like I said, you got yours for a, a really good deal too. So, um, and I, yeah. I think the value of those are going to go up. Just keep going up, yeah. probably. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I paid about double what you paid, maybe a little bit more, but then I had to buy some of the cards to go with it, mm-hmm. the uh, smart cards. But it came with two boxes of ink, which alone... Oh, yeah. I think they go for, like... Yeah, like, a whole case of ink is... I think they go for, like, 400 bucks. Didn't I have two cases. Yeah. Didn't that deal come with, like, a lot of receipt papers? Well, a lot of, like, printing paper or something? I'm trying to remember the original, like... Like the stickers? Something. I feel like there was a lot of printing paper that came with it. Yeah, the ink and the paper, they're in the same package, so mm-hmm. it's a combo. Or the you know the sticker paper, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so so I think I've seen them on eBay for fifty dollars a box, yeah. And then I th- believe each case has five boxes in it, and I, I had two cases, so nice. The paper alone is is yeah, and that is is worth a good amount. Like of I it. said, that that stuff's going to keep going up in value, especially now that um, everybody's trying to get a snap station, uh, and they're just going to keep going up. Uh, yeah, and I was surprised the ink. Still works perfectly fine it because I'd heard over years that ink dries out, and uh, that was one of the things that I, I learned about in, in school. Was like you know after a certain amount of years, your ink's going to be dry, but it still w- prints perfect 
with the ink that's in there. Um, from from what I heard, I think that the printer it was specially made just for the Pokemon Snap Station. Oh wow! So okay. um, that makes I can't one hundred percent confirm that, but I'm like eighty percent sure. Um, yeah, that's what I heard. So um, maybe they did something to the ink to where it's supposed to last over time. Who knows? I mean, I'm yeah I'm definitely sure they didn't expect Blockbuster to go out of business as fast as it did. <laughs> so yeah. no, yeah. And mine came with the um, the Pokemon Stadium and the Pokemon Snap, not for resale. That's that. See that right there is, is a big deal. Yeah, that's super dope. Yeah, a lot of times when you and it's fu- yeah. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say it's funny. I and he didn't even know because he didn't have the key to get in it. And I don't know if you saw my video, but the it didn't print. It had a printing error. So that was another main thing I was getting into. Was that's is what this made me print? hesitant. Of buying is it. this gonna print yeah yeah because like i didn't have yeah. a, a key i mean i'm sure i could have got a replica one or asked someone who had one to print a replica one but like there's also the cough paper nate <laughs> yeah <laughs> hey, can nate. i borrow your key i won't lose it <laughs> i promise um but no i'm yeah very happy you you got it and um it looked it looks incredible like the the e-condition of it you got the the cards and everything so very very i think probably I think that's in most collectors probably like top five want lists for their collection. I think it's one of those items that no matter what you will hunt it down because you just you you just need it, right? And it's still on my list. I'll I'll eventually if anyone out there is listening wants to make a good deal on one <laughs> who has one, maybe it's just sitting around, you don't really need it, you know, hit me up, shallowspodcast at gmail dot com. Let me know. Hey, it might it might work out. That's essentially how I got mine. I had made a video one of my videos i mentioned that i was looking for the snap station and the next day i had a bunch of messages from people subscribers um saying that they knew of one and that was that one that i picked up so you never know who's listening yeah and luckily it was in driving distance like it was super close to me and i mean not super far for you so yeah definitely worth it did you end up like renting like a, a u-haul for it or something to to pick it up or how, how was the because like i have a car that can hold larger stuff but like that it's still a big piece you know i don't yeah i fit it in the back seat of my pickup truck okay <laughs> we put it in sideways and the base comes off oh okay uh, that's good then yeah so I, I we put it in sideways and that's when i i'd heard something inside I, I was so afraid it was broken because i could hear things bouncing around in there just the and... not for resale yeah, yeah, it was the cards the card. and the uh, and the the card the smart cards are, that were in there. Nice. And I, I was like, oh, this isn't going to print. There's I could hear stuff moving. I'm like, oh, I just <laughs> I'm I'm going to be in trouble. But yeah, <laughs> no, it'll fit. Like, in a surprisingly, it fit in a back seat. But nice. Okay. Yeah. As long as the best. Yeah, I didn't know the base can come off easily. So. The, yeah, right, it's heavy. The, the The base is like all steel. So. Oh, I got I got to get into something here. You probably have yeah. one of the biggest sealed pokemon collections vintage stuff in the world I, I would you disagree with that um i mean i definitely yeah i i would say it's it's, it's one of up the there biggest for sure I, yeah, it's hard to say because the one thing that you don't know are those people especially uh you know people that have owned stores or you know like distributors where they'll have you know, maybe a skid or, you know, pallets of certain boxes, which I've heard of. Oh, you have? And they'll never go, yeah, they don't go public about that kind of stuff. So it's, there. there's people like that out there as well that you don't really know of. So secret um, collectors other, then, kind of. 
Yeah, but I, I mean, I would say um, people that aren't private. One of the most yeah, known. Most yeah, likely. one of the most like known collections. You probably have one of the biggest. Um, I, I wanted but not just Pokemon though. I know we don't like to bring up other card games <laughs> on this podcast, but just saying. How dare you? <laughs> just saying. There's a lot of other sealed stuff you got back yeah. there, which is insane, by the way. Like that's the the amount of stuff that you have from other stuff that brings me nostalgia is ridiculous. So kudos to to not opening it. I don't know how I do. I'd be wanting to open everything. I don't care how much money I'd lose. I just want to open everything. <laughs> so how how did you get into? I guess I don't I don't even know how to say it. Like how did you get into buying this stuff and kind of making a business out of it? And I don't know. Like how did you get into all of this of owning all of this stuff? So uh, it's it's really a lot of things that I get into in my life I kind of stumble upon. It's it's funny to think about it that way, but really that's how it kind of works for me and I kind of just go with it. Um but Basically, how I got into the whole Pokemon TCG thing again, uh, after you know years of not collecting or playing it, um, you know I started back in '99 and I, I probably played till maybe 2000, 2001. Didn't think anything of it, and probably about five years ago, um, I was reselling, you know, the Pokemon Game Boy games, um, yeah. you know, red, blue, gold, silver, classics, yeah, and with those, yeah. So with those games, the batteries, I don't know if, if you guys know mm-hmm. about this, but the batteries go bad. Yeah, yep. so batteries go bad in those, and you can't save your game. And most people don't really know how to change the batteries because it's a long. It's not a long process, but you just have to have the right tools and know how to do it. Yeah. So you have to desolder the battery, resolder a new one on, uh, open it up, stuff like that. So I would do that, and I would buy them in bulk from different places. And one day I was on eBay scrolling through picking up some games to you know replace the battery in and i came across a listing for a base set unlimited booster box and i immediately thought to myself this is an original base set booster box from 1999 i didn't even know that you could purchase these i didn't even know they existed anymore (laughs) that's how detached i was to the tcg and, and collecting and you know that was a huge part of our childhoods. Exactly. So yeah. immediately, yeah, I, I mean, immediately I thought to myself that, you know, I should buy this um, and just, you know, open it up and, you know, relive some of my childhood. And that was how I jumped in it. But I think back then they were, I think I picked mine up for maybe $800 for a base set unlimited booster box. About what year was this? And I'm going to say it was the end of 2015, maybe. Okay. Um, so yeah, um, I guess five years ago or so. Um, yeah, so I, I I saw it was about eight hundred bucks, and you know I picked up the booster box, and got it in the mail. It came within two days. You know, got there really quickly, and yeah, I just sat there. I literally just sat down. <laughs> I picked the box up in my hands, and I was just staring at it. And I had never held a booster box before because when you're a kid, and most kids probably especially back then you'd get maybe a couple booster packs yeah. a week if you were good did your chores never ever ever had a booster box so i sat down and i just i made the decision that i was going to open it up and open all the packs so i sat there for it had to have been an hour or two and went through all the packs i pulled charizard i pulled blastoise pulled venusaur and it was amazing and 
from there on out, I, you know, I started getting into PSA grading cards. I started learning more, getting into more different sets. And it just kind of took, you know, just kept going and it just turned into what it is today. Um, How did you know to, cause you, I mean, you, you, uh, you sell a lot of stuff. I mean, that's kind of one of your business as well. You're not just a content creator, you know, you're a businessman as well. Um, yes. How, what made you get into buying up a lot of the sealed product? Because you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you started buying a lot of this before it really jumped in value, didn't you? Yeah. So, um, I think when I started purchasing booster boxes, you could get something like a first edition rocket booster box for, oh, I don't know, maybe $500, Ooh, you know, it's crazy to think now. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, it might've been even less than that, but, uh, you know, now they're what, $4,000, something like that. Oh, yeah. Just, just um, 4,000. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> the growth is, Insane. but, uh, you know, coming from a business perspective, you know, as well as the collector's uh, point of view, I looked at it and I just thought to myself, like, wow, this stuff is just getting older. It's getting rarer. More people than ever are jumping back into Pokemon, especially, you know, when Pokemon Go yeah. came out. I think it was the summer of 2016. That's when it really, mm-hmm. I really started looking at it and saying that this stuff is way too cheap, you know, for, for what the demand is that's out there. So I started. I initially started just buying booster boxes and and opening them up and grading the cards, which at the time was another avenue that most people were not doing because they didn't realize the potential was there. Uh, you know, you could crack a, a jungle first edition jungle booster box for maybe they were I don't know seven hundred dollars or something, and I mean you could pull a Kangaskhan and they were like a thousand dollars, you know, for a PSA ten. And that's just one card yeah. because, you know, and for for people that know about the pops, which is the population of the cards. So say a population of a PSA 10 card is 20 in existence. That would be a pop 20 card. So back then the, the pops were so low on these cards as well that nobody had them. And, you know, the, the prices that people were, you know, paying back then compared to the price of the booster boxes was was uh it was such a huge difference that you could you could do that i mean you could sit there and you could buy booster boxes and you could crack them and take the risk and usually you only needed one or two dollars to hit a 10 you know mm-hmm. to, to to make your money back or or even more so that's what i did in the beginning and i would you know i would keep certain things for my own collection and i would buy and sell and trade and and do all of that but once that um that initial opportunity passed i really started focusing on keeping sealed items and investing long-term not only you know as a business perspective because those are my two passions for for those people out there that don't know my one of my passions is collecting pokemon and you have to be you have to love pokemon to do this as you guys are aware Mm of you have to you have to love pokemon you have to actually care about the cards you have to be attached to it emotionally as well to to really dive deep into this kind of stuff so you know, I was there with the collectibles side of it, but also uh, from the the business standpoint of it as well. So I had those two things working for me. I think that's what really um, kind of helped me to to get this collection of uh, of items that I have now. No, and that's, that's great because I know a lot of a lot of the listeners are 
um, they've, like, they've sent us a bunch of messages because a lot of people are very fascinated about the investing side of Pokemon. Um, and that's something, another unique aspect to your YouTube channel is you get to kind of learn a little bit of that as well in, in some of your videos. So um, would you say that going forward with this vintage stuff, do you think it's going to keep increasing in value or do you think we are seeing the peak of it right now? It'll keep increasing. You do? I mean, okay. it, it, yeah. In my opinion, um, you're going to keep seeing these these booster boxes go up in value as they have been ever since they they were released, essentially. Ever since day one, they've been rising in price. Um, we haven't really seen any sort of drop in the in the prices of, of this kind of stuff. And people keep bringing up, you know, they, they keep saying that there's going to be a drop, you know, everything's going to start dropping off. But... You know there might be a small a small drop in the price, but honestly, the demand is so strong out there that even if there was a small drop, people are buying them up. I mean, there, there's so many people that are waiting for the right opportunity. Back, you know, back four or five years ago, people were waiting and waiting for these booster boxes to to drop, you know, thirty, forty percent, and then they were picking them up. Nowadays, you see a booster box five percent on the market; it's gone mm -hmm. within the day. You know, there, there's no the, the prices are holding strong. People are waiting. Even if, a, you know, say a booster box is, is worth $2,000 and one comes up a little bit under market, 1900 it'll be gone. You know, they sell so quickly now. Mm -hmm. There's so many people out there that whether they're they're investing, you know, or they're opening on their YouTube channels, there's so... The, what you could do with a booster box, there's so many different options. You could hold on to it long-term as an investment. You could crack the box open and sell the packs out of there, you know, unweighed, for X amount of dollars per pack and, you know, make money that way. Mm -hmm. You could you know, put in your collection. There's sealed collectors. There's people that just want to open it purely for the pleasure, open it on the YouTube channel, et cetera. The list goes on. They're so versatile. P PSA cards are great as well, and I do hold onto those for my personal collection as well. But uh, as far as those as an investment, it's really either the card's going to go up or it's going to go down because somebody wants to put it in their collection you can't really do a ton with PSA cards, um, and I'm not trying to hate on PSA cards at all. But there's, you know, there's only so much you can do with them. It's either somebody wants to have the card in hand, look at it, put it in their collection, or you know, put it away or sell it. Um, I, but you know, with with the booster box, seal boxes, so, as I said, there's so many things you can do. But, no, exactly. Yeah. Would you say so? Right now, we're seeing a lot of. Wizards of the Coast stuff is what's really really hot. Wizards of the Coast uh, products. Do you think? that in years to come, maybe five years down the road, that we're going to see later generations um, get more expensive as well. Because right now, you know, a lot of people that grew up with Pokemon, you know, all three of us right here, um, we're in our late 20s, early 30s type of situation. You know, um, you kind of have more money when you're in that, that time of your life. And now you're going back, you're buying things from your childhood. Do you think we'll see this next generation grow up and then go back and buy Pokemon cards from their childhood. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that is actually happening right now. If you look at things like black and white era, heart, gold, soul, silver, mm -hmm. diamond and pearl, all these booster boxes are rising in price. Uh, you know, look at call legends. I think I don't even know the prices on those off the top of my head, but they're the growth they've had in the past year is insane. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the one, uh, I think it's Plasma Blast. I get them confused. Plasma Blast. Yeah, Plasma I know Storm. what you're talking about. 
go yeah prices i mean they're they're already catching up um i would say up until i would say up until black and white uh because then you start getting into the xy era which there are some uh boxes in that flash yeah. yeah flash fire uh phantom forces so i can't really count out xy you know era mm-hmm. right now but uh especially after that though is when you really start getting into the super modern stuff which uh you know it'll be a while everyone started getting yeah in. yeah it's it's because it's so common now to invest you know into mm-hmm. the booster boxes that people are thinking hey i could buy um you know i, I could buy cosmic eclipse booster boxes and hold on to them for two years and sell them for double but that's not necessarily the case um because everyone is jumping into it and you know pokemon's printing out all these cards all these booster boxes and the the supply is super high but yeah black and white heart gold soul silver diamond and pearl i am actually just recently started getting into these sets um for you know both a collecting and business standpoint uh because i've ignored them for so many years now that people and that's the other thing is people are getting priced out ex air most people are priced out you know booster boxes are going through the roof you have rocket returns i mean i've i've heard people offering ten thousand dollars for a rocket returns booster box go back a year you know you could buy for four thousand dollars yeah um you look at deoxys i I don't even know what the price is because they're so hard to find i would say you know ten thousand dollars easily um and then you start moving back into sky ridge uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. We all it, I, we I mean, all know Sky Ridge Apocalypse yeah. whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and so what what happened was a lot of the unlimited booster boxes from Wizards of the Coast era were ignored for all these years. But as the first edition boxes, because everybody went at first edition, as those prices increased, people kept getting priced out, so they started jumping into the unlimited. So the unlimited jungle, unlimited fossil, rocket. Uh, gym series and now those boxes are soaring up as well because people want to get into them yeah. so now people are getting priced out of those and people are getting priced out of ex era so what's next you know black and white um diamond and pearl etc so those are going to be on the rise and they already are and i i don't see those slowing down either i see people jumping into those because those are an opportunity in my opinion mm-hmm. that's a big opportunity where people can jump in and they could still grab booster boxes at reasonable prices. Of course, not all of them are reason, you know, you know, yeah. call legend stuff like that, but they can jump in at least diving, start diving into these boxes because I know people that are doing that and they have been doing that for the past, you know, three, four years. Um, and the price has been increasing across the board. So yeah, I, I think all those sets in time will increase. I don't know, about the super modern stuff though i really i i would say to to kind of not do that unless you're doing something like hidden fates um the 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 more iconic sets with the chase cards um Mm -hmm. even um evolutions honestly i mean i know that's kind of like a meme set but uh, i think (laughs) (laughs) it's going up i i think it has a lot of potential because it hits on the it hits at the hearts of the old school collectors at a reasonable price. It does. And opinion, we, we so. found out um, not too long ago, is it's, it's still the best-selling Pokemon set of all time. Wow. So, 
And that just goes to show you. And yeah. we, uh, I was in a local card shop the other day, and they were charging five dollars for an Evolutions booster pack. How dare they! So it, it's it's uh, <laughs> it, wow. it, it you might be right. Evolutions might be something to uh, to invest in. You know, for years down the road. Um, another. T- I, mean, I know some people who have kind of like started hoarding up on sealed boosters for Evolutions recently. So. It, it makes sense. It definitely might. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, and next year we're going to see the 25th anniversary of Pokemon. So, you know, maybe we might have another Evolutions type set next year. Who oh, knows? Man, it is going to be the 25th. Oh, no. I yeah. almost forgot. I was like, wait, we just had the 20th. Oh, wait, that was 2016. Another, oh, man. Another Time's type fine. of uh, Pokemon card that I want to talk to you about, Rev, is Tops. Yeah. Tops trading cards. Yeah. Um, I feel like people yeah. overlook those drastically. Hundred percent. Do you think that's a, a good, a good um, avenue to go down? Is is buying some tops products? Certain ones. Okay. So we have the tops chromes, um, which saw insane amounts of growth over just the past year alone, because people started really appreciating those cards, and the chase is unparalleled. Mm-hmm. The chase for those technos, yeah. which uh, it's just, I believe they are one in 20, either techno or the sparkle. I forget which one's the highest tier. Uh, but the uh, those cards are just, the chase is, is insane. So when you're trying to collect these types of cards and there's only a few that exist in a PSA 10 um, and it's the highest tier, the highest rarity for that particular card, the prices, you know, they soar, they go through the roof. Um, but in terms of investing, it's tough to say because the Chrome boxes had such ridiculous growth mm. over the past year. And, and it, it's who knows how long that's going to be, you know, that's going to hold. Yeah. You go back, I mean, gosh, you could go back, you could go back a like a year, honestly, and you could look at the Topps Chrome's boxes, and I mean, I think I I was picking them up for I'm gonna say maybe like three hundred dollars a box. It's not bad. Four hundred, five hundred. Well, yeah. Now I've seen them go as high as four thousand dollars for the for one. Yeah, and no one no one saw that coming because they would sit there. I know a guy that had cases of them. He would list them on eBay. This is probably going back two years, maybe. He would list them on eBay, and I think he'd put them up at maybe $300, $400, and they'd sit, and they'd sit, and maybe one would sell every every month or every couple months. Then he'd bump the price up a little bit more, $325, $350. One would sell, you know, but they wouldn't move. And then all of a sudden, they were gone, and then everyone started getting into them because they were a new chase. People just ignored them for all the years and people ignored them because back in the day, back in 1999, uh, everybody wanted the wizards of the coast stuff. You know, they yeah. wanted the base, the jungle, the fossil. Nobody wanted this top stuff. You, he couldn't play the yeah, game. You only bought the tops because you couldn't find the wizards of the coast stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You would cry if you go to the store and they, all they had was top stuff. Or your parents There's would kids buy that, you those instead. Yeah. <laughs> 
there's news articles from back then that I read through where the kid is crying. <laughs> They're interviewing them, and the kid was crying because his mom accidentally bought him Tops Pokemon cards. Oh, Tops. He wanted base set. Oh, no. You know? It's like, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I still, it's, I enjoy when I was a kid, even still now, the top stuff. Um, so yeah. seeing, like, you recently get, like, those tins, right? Um, oh, yeah. Those brought me back because I remember you get, like, the jumbo card in the back of it and all that stuff. Like, ugh, it, it, it's the, the nostalgia of it. Like, I, I think the top stuff is very underappreciated. I'm glad that it's starting to get more recognition recently. Uh, like, I just bought an empty – like, there's no there's no packs in here, every, anything, right? But it was just a box. I think it's the same box um, you may have in the background with Pikachu on it. I, I'm not sure. I think it's that same box. Uh, but I just bought an empty box for, like, two bucks, right, just to have the box because it looks cool. Yeah. Uh, is it a red the red box, the chrome? No, I have to go look after we're done recording. Um, but it was, like, just a – just the just the thought of remembering seeing this, like I just had to have that box. I think the top stuff is very underappreciated, so I'm very happy yeah. that it's definitely going up, and I'm also happy that you brought a lot of attention to it recently. Oh, it's exciting! I mean, it's something new. It's it's something new to collect. That's what people want. They it's want the that. oddities, man. Like it's it to me. Yeah. The most exciting part about Pokemon is usually the stuff that's not as popular. Like, yeah, the cards are cool. The mainline video games are cool, stuff like that. But for me, it's always the spinoff video games. It's always the weird Pokemon items that they release. Like th- that gets my attention way more. Like I love obviously the vintage cards and stuff like that. That's obviously goals for any collector, but it's, it's the weird things. And I think tops kind of fell into that category. It was like, it's that. And then the, the little, you know, squares, little flips, you know, that had the, the, I w- the holograms. I was just about to holograms. say, where's the respect for flips? I-, I love those. I just recently got a sealed pack of one of them, and it's part of my little small sealed collection now that I'm trying to build. And I'm very happy because, like, I have, I have all those from when I was a kid still. I love those things. And I felt like just another weird, underappreciated, obscure item that is going to start, hopefully, you know, getting some more recognition. So I'm glad that the, that the tops cards are are there because i just i remember them so more so much more vividly sometimes just because of uh how unique they were i just liked them a lot yeah well they went from an oddity to more of a mainstream high-end collectible you look at these techno psa 10 cards Mm -hmm. uh they're going for thousands of dollars i mean mewtwo mew they've they've gone for i think three thousand dollars each three thousand dollars um because there's they're that hard the chase is 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 there you'll you know, you'll open a booster box and I think you could pull two out of the booster box and it's just, then on top of that, you have to pull that exact card. Each card can be in techno form. So, and on top of that, there's a series two Chrome box, which is unbelievably (laughs) expensive. Uh, The box is so rare. So you, you never see them. I think I've only seen two or three, maybe four in my life, like listed on eBay. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, yeah, it's just the chase is, is crazy. But I I don't know if people should be jumping in and investing in these techno cards, honestly, because I don't know. I, I personally don't see them going any higher than what they are now. So do you think uh, more, for the tops, more of it's for like the PSA stuff? That's- for tops, I would actually say uh, people should be looking into the TV animation stuff, um, the movie boxes, the ones that are lower priced, because those are actually experiencing pretty substantial growth um surprisingly i mean i just did a video on these tops booster boxes 
I would say it was one of my first videos and I'm looking at the prices that I was quoting in these in that video and they're already doubled on some of them. The Mewtwo well, movie thanks box. A lot, Rev. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's uh, and the reason behind it too is because it's vintage. So people still want to get vintage exactly. boxes and uh, yeah, and people are looking at the, you know, Pokemon the movie 2000 and and, and stuff like that and I'd want a they're whole paying box of that one. Oof. Oh yeah. When did you grab that because those have gone up tremendously as well. No, I, I want to grab one. Oh, you want, oh, you want to yeah, grab I want one. To. I wish I had one of them. <laughs> yeah, they, oh, they've soared because in the Tops Movie 2000, you can actually pull out an authentic film yeah. card. Ooh. One of a kind. One of a kind card, right? So it's an actual film strip put into a card. It's crazy. And the, the chase for those is... is it's ridiculous because you're basically getting a one of a kind card. I'm I'm just going to interrupt here for a minute because I'm searching through eBay and there is a, a Topps Chrome Series Two sealed booster box for almost twelve thousand dollars. Yes, that's that's yes. That, uh, you didn't list that, did you, Ralph? <laughs> yes. That's not yours. <laughs> you know what's funny? I used to own that box, that exact box. Really? So that's the one you sold. And that then is one. someone selling it now. Okay. Yes. Uh, that's who I sold it to. I sold it um, probably about six months ago. Mm. And yeah, so that's, I mean, honestly, the the price on them, since I sold it, is doubled. So um, that's just how it goes. One, <laughs> all thanks to Rev. Um, one of the, the tops that I find interesting is uh, the Pokemon, the first movie, um, because there's technically two different versions there's one with the the kind of the misprint where they label like um, they they put like a, a peak of blue on the card instead of yes. instead of Myro. Yeah. That that's one I always find interesting. So um, and that's where the whole peak of blue rumor started was tops. So Yeah. And they actually had the tops the logos, the, actually, the colors were different depending on which print run yeah. it was, I believe. There was like a blue, blue black, Yeah, blue is the one where red, it's the misprint. Okay, that's the misprint one. Yeah, I remember doing a um, – I did a video on that just kind of talking about the whole Pika Blue thing during the summer of last year. And I bought a box of that for $40. And, wow. and yeah, and just like looking at the prices now, it's it's insane. Yeah, uh, they're so. <laughs> they've definitely. Gone I don't know up. that that top stuff definitely looks interesting to me for some reason. Um, yeah. As far as I, one question that we get a lot of emails on, and we have purposely not answered them because we've been waiting for you to be on the podcast, um, is people are very interested about grading their Pokemon cards, PSA or Beckett. Should they grade their Pokemon cards, and if they grade their Pokemon cards, which one should they go with? And those are actually, that's a really good question. I get that one a lot as well. So PSA is basically the standard for Pokemon cards. Um, I would say it's got to be close to 99% of all Pokemon cards graded are going to be going through PSA. And with that, there is there's a larger supply, but it's still difficult to get a PSA 10, especially when you're dealing with English Pokemon cards from the Wizards of the Coast era, the EX era. So you still have that chase 
to get the 10 with PSA. And most of the time I tell people to stick with PSA because that's where you're getting the most demand. Mm -hmm. People, most people are going for PSA cards. Now Beckett, it's a good choice, but it's going to depend on what cards you're sending in. So if you're sending in Japanese cards, for example, that's where I would recommend people send their cards because Japanese cards, the print quality on them, the cuts, everything, the hollows, it's all really, really good when you're looking at the older stuff, especially. Mm -hmm. So what I've been doing is I've been opening up old school Japanese booster boxes and I've been sending them into Beckett. Now with Beckett, there's there's that chase, that really, really impossible chase for the black label. And basically, PSA, it's either, you know, you're, you're aiming for a 9 or you're aiming for that 10. And that's the highest grade is that PSA 10. And that just means overall, the card looks to them to be in a PSA 10 condition. There can be a little flaw, you know, maybe a little corner ding or one little thing. You know, it's not going to be a perfect card. Yeah. And it could still get that 10. And that's where some people get confused. They think a PSA 10 is a perfect card. It's not. Now with Beckett, as long as their standards are there, a black label is going to be a perfect card. You know, perfect centering, um, perfect edges, perfect corners, perfect surface. So Beckett grades four subgrades. And those are the four subgrades. So if you can get a 10 on all of those subgrades, you have yourself what is called a black label card. And you actually, the label on in the card, in the in the holder is going to be a black label, um, which, you know, you guys have mm-hmm. seen with that shiny Charizard. I'm sure plenty of people. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Did I tell my, I don't know if I was, I got mine graded and it's, it was, because uh, I went to Beckett, right? I was in Texas. So I went directly to them and dropped off the card. And I uh, made a whole vlog about it, and I got a um, a pristine ten, right? I got a point five off on on something. I can't remember. Maybe it was surface, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with the card, right? right. Um, and it it was essentially it's a black label, but they didn't want another black label on the market right away. Yeah, is is how so, it was, and it's unfortunate. Like, hey, I'm I'm not I'm not looking to resell the card, you know, or anything like that. I just wanted to have my own graded version of it. Um, yeah, and there's nothing wrong with the ten, uh, the pristine ten. You know, that's that's fantastic. It's just, it almost makes me wish I would have gone to PSA, I guess. And that's I'm not trying to take digs at Beckett at all here. Um, that's the furthest thing from that. I just almost wish like, because it just it feels like I. You know, it feels like you you got the highest achievement, but you still didn't finish everything, right? Like it's like, oh, come on, yeah. Like it's you're that close, but not close enough. I don't know. It's just a weird in between. No, with I it. know what you mean because yeah. I've done it. I've been there with with pretty good cards. Uh, yeah, I mean that's yeah. It, it, like you said, pristine is still really awesome. But then you look at it and you say, wow. I was only off by 0.5 mm-hmm. to get that black label, the perfect graded card. So I would say, and then for the newer stuff, you know, for, for Hidden Fates and stuff, uh, mo- most of the English stuff now, the quality 
ha- has been, you know, way, way better than back in Wizards of the Coast mm-hmm. era and uh, EX era. So I would recommend, really, you really don't want to send the older stuff in to Beckett. You either want to send newer stuff or you want to send in, you know, older Japanese stuff. Um, because if you could pull that black label or even that pristine label, you know, the pristine yeah. 10 is still, it's essentially a higher grade and a higher price value compared to the PSA 10 because I would put it in, this is the order. You have your PSA 9, then you have your PSA 10, then you have your pristine Beckett 10, then you have your black label. So basically Beckett is going to be for people that that, that want that extra you know, they want to go even higher. But here's the problem now. You have a 9.5 that most people are not going to want because a 9.5 is comparable to a PSA 10 most of the time. So that's that's where your risk is with Beckett. Yeah, so that's interesting. In most people's eyes, yeah. So, so in most people's eyes, a 9.5 is not as good as a PSA 10. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I kind of messed that, that scale up because the 9.5, it goes PSA 9, Beckett 9.5, PSA 10, Beckett pristine 10, and then black label 10. And it's wedged that 9.5. It's wedged in between there. So what happens is you take on this risk, right? You, you could have a card that comes back in 9.5, but it would have been a PSA 10. And the value on that is going to take a huge hit because People want the PSA 10 over the 9.5 all day. Yeah. So you're taking on a, a, a risk there. Whereas if you sent that card in, it would have got that PSA 10 and the price is, is going to be way higher than a 9.5. I could tell you that for sure. Now um, I know, I know Beckett does reappraisals. If you have like a, a, a PSA card and you want to turn it into a higher score Beckett rated card, um, does PSA offer that service in return like if i had a beckett graded card uh that would totally get a 10 and could i send it to them for reappraisal and get a 10 or whatever they would grade it at that point do they do reappraisals so you can do that but the other issue now is that you have another layer of plastic that they have to look through and they have to see and Nine times out of 10, you're not going to be able to cross a Beckett 9.5 to a PSA 10 because really the grader can't be confident when it's in the case. You know, cases get scratches. They get little, you know, maybe there's a little piece of um, like fuzz inside the case. There's this, there's that. There's little pieces. And the grader now is put in a spot where, you know, they have to be 100% confident that that card is a PSA 10. And while it's in that case, most of the time they're not going to take that risk and you're going to get it sent back. It's going to stay in your Beckett 9.5 case. So the other option, which makes it even um, more difficult, is to crack the card out of the case yourself and resubmit it in as a raw card. Now you risk damaging the card when you do that. Um, You risk possibly you know getting damaged in the mail psa damaging it there's so many things that can happen along so the then, way so then what happens let's say i got some greater from beckett right you know there's a number that that shows you can look up those numbers on their website to see what card it's associated to so that's how you check like make sure you're not getting scammed or anything like that right 
But yes. you have that number, and let's say I crack it open. I don't want it to be a Beckett anymore. I crack it open, and I want to send it to PSA. Now it's its own new number or whatever with PSA and graded and all that, but Beckett still thinks that there's this certain graded card out there, and it would still show it under filing. Yes, so what you're supposed to do and what a lot of people don't do is you, you're supposed to send the label back to them. You mail it back. You know, you can just put it in, a, in an envelope with a stamp and they I get the label in. I could see nobody doing that. <laughs> right. People, a lot of people don't take the time. Yeah. And <laughs> so you look at something like a first edition base Charizard and you look at the population of the nines to tens, you got to think that there's going to be a huge chunk of those nines that don't exist anymore because people want that 10, you know, the mm. price difference on a first edition base set Charizard 9 to 10 is night and day. So the, you can't rely really on PSA 9 population reports. The population report for a PSA 9 card is not going to be accurate ever, period. It will never be accurate because there's always people that want to try and crack out a 9 and either, you know, go for 10 or try to trade to different grading companies, try Beckett or whatnot, and they're not going to send the, the label back. So that's one thing um, I would advise people if, if they ever were to crack a card out to cross grade or whatever, um, send the label back. You know, it, it helps everybody out. It helps keep the population reports in line, um, minimize, you know, the, the inaccurate number as much as possible. Mm -hmm. But tens are always going to be accurate because, you know, nobody's ever going to crack a, you know, a Beckett 10 or, or a PSA 10. Sure. It's way too risky. Even if you'd want it to cross, once you once you have a ten, say you have a PSA ten, and you want to try your luck at a Beckett, you know, pristine ten Beckett or a black label, you will never, I would never advise anyone ever to crack a ten, because like I mentioned earlier, you could damage it, and or the grader could just say it's not ten worthy anymore for whatever reason. So yeah. never crack a ten. So your tens are always gonna. You know, the 10 population reports are always going to be accurate. So. I mean, I'm very grateful for, you know, regardless, for having a pristine 10. You know, like I still yeah. think that is uh, pretty cool. Like I, I, I knew the second I pulled that Charizard and looked at it, I said, okay. This, this, that, this is the second one I pulled. The first one I knew kind of had a, a slight centering issue. I said, that's a 9. Yeah. Like that's not going to cut it. But the second one I pulled, I looked at it. I'm like, this card is perfect. I cannot find one flaw on it. Um so I knew it was going to be a 10 regardless. And, I, you know, when I got it back and it was, you know, pristine 10, you know, I'm still happy. Yeah. Like, that's the second highest grade out there. So I'll, I'll take it, you know. And that's the only card I've ever graded myself. I have, like, three graded cards. I have two PSA 10s, which are um, an anniversary Japanese, like, uh, you know, red and Pikachu card. And then I have uh, Fairy Full Art Mimikyu. And those are the only two PSAs I have. And then I have my own graded uh, Beckett one. And that's, you know, that sits promptly on my shelf because I, you know, I'm still proud of it. It's pretty cool that I pulled it myself. I flew with it and got it graded myself. So it means more regardless. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. But I know what you mean when you're, when you get that close, you know, you're, you're 0. So 0.5 close. off. And it just, ugh. I sent in um, some base set Japanese Charizards and I got back um, a pristine 10. You know, nice. I was thrilled because, and and here's a price difference on something like that. So if you look at a PSA 10 Japanese base set Charizard, you're looking at um, probably around 400, 450 bucks. Now with a Beckett, a pristine 10, the last one sold for, I believe it was $1,500. Well, that's a big difference. So, yeah. 
Yeah, that's a big difference. And that's the difference that in where you could have sent that card to PSA, got your PSA 10, would have been happy, but you would have never known that, you know, it was a pristine 10 worthy with Beckett where the price difference is, you know, three, four times that. So it's something to think about, you know, it's more overall, it's more of a risk if you're going with Beckett, but the, what you can get out of that is higher than what you could get with PSA, but PSA is a safer bet. So mm-hmm. that's in a quick <laughs> summary so of if, that. If someone has services. never gotten cards graded before and they're wanting to get some of their cards graded, um, would you recommend that they do it for, um, let's say maybe they're wanting to invest. Like That's what they're wanting to do is they're wanting to resell these later down the line. Would you recommend they do it or would you say uh, probably invest in something else? I would say if... For example, you had raw cards sitting around that are worthy of being PSA 10 or PSA 9, um, and they they hold a decent value by being you know graded. Then yeah, definitely go for the grading. If you could find a binder of cards that you're confident that the conditions are going to be pretty good, grade the cards. You know if it's stuff that people are after. If it's you know, base set hollows, if it's, you know, Wizards of the Coast era hollows, first edition, even, you know, unlimited as well. Uh, Great them if you think they could, they could come back a nine or 10. Um, I don't really know what the long term outlook is going to be for PSA graded cards. It's really, it's tough to say because my mindset has always been this PSA cards, they can, there can always be more of them, yeah. right? There can always be more graded, more pulled, more that come out of booster packs and, and come into the population existence. That doesn't mean they're going to be available on the market for sale per se, but you always know that there's going to be more being found in attics and basements and binders and graded. When I look at sealed stuff, I think that they're always going to be opened. You know, people, <laughs> the supply is always going to go down and the demand as of now has been increasing or staying the same since I've got into it. So I've just looked at it from that standpoint, you know, that, that business minded standpoint. And to me, it's always been going with the sealed stuff, um, especially because of the versatility. Mm-hmm. Um, so I can't really comment much on the, the PSA graded stuff. I, I don't know. I've never been like super into to holding PSA cards long term. I've just, for me, it's too, it, it, the market changes too much. Um, but with that being said, there are people now that have been buying out PSA graded cards of specific species. I know there's somebody that was buying up, you know, Dragonite first edition PSA 10 hollows, uh, you know, jungle Snorlaxes, stuff like that. And those people have been, you know, taking positions on those cards and holding them. Uh, so you have people like that now that have been kind of doing that. I, I haven't been doing that at all, but... I know people that have been. And then if you're talking about newer cards, um, that's tough because when a, a set comes out, you want to be the first one to market. So you want to be the first person that's going to have that black label. You want to be the first person that has a PSA 10 of you know that gold card. And from there on out, from what I've seen, the, the prices crash quickly. Um, and from what you guys have said on the last podcast too, you know, when those cards were hitting the market, even raw, people were paying crazy prices, but you know, as the supply catches up, the prices go down. So that's just natural. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that's like a new set. Just wait 
wait till it's actually released and then wait the week after and the the prices will kind of settle down to what they're probably going to be especially now once once everything is officially in circulation for play of all the new stuff and the market's not going to fluctuate too much after the first week of a new set being released and it'll kind of just set where everything is at how playable how rare and that's what the price is going to be um because like the price we saw for sword and shield those cards like literally days just day after day would drop ridiculously in value yep. you're looking at cards that were like close to a hundred dollars the next day we're at 68 then the next day we're at 40 then the next day we're at 10 and it's 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 super fast on that so i always recommend it's like if you're looking to just buy the single cards just wait just wait a little yeah. bit longer they're gonna be there people are gonna sell them and then you'll have the actual price guide of what they're going for don't don't spend 70 dollars on a card that's going to be 30 tomorrow because it's no it's no good feeling to yourself or your wallet um, yeah, it's the same the same way with the PSA cards with the newer sets. Yeah. The the initial the first person to market is getting that huge price. I mean, you saw that the, the, the pristine the Charizard. Charizard. Yeah, that was what ten thousand dollars that sale the original and, sale of it, and everyone thought they had, and that that started the biggest boom yeah. in Pokemon since base set. That started yeah. every person who wanted to sell to come back into the market to buy it. That set had the, the the biggest response of everyone, even outside of the Pokemon community, to buy that set. Resellers of every kind, uh, you know, the, the type that maybe do, like, launches of, like, designer shirts or shoes and all that kind of stuff, were getting into this kind of thing as well. Buying yeah. them, trying to crack this, trying to just sell everything 10 to $20 more if it was a tin or if it was a, a pin pack or anything like that. Even regular shops, card shops, were doing that, you know, in... in raising prices on all that stuff and it was crazy because everyone thought when they pulled that charizard oh that's a ten thousand dollar card because it's one has sold <laughs> yeah. and it sold for ten thousand so that set the market everyone thinking they had a ten thousand dollar card and then you saw other sales going down to two thousand and four thousand and three thousand and then nine hundred and then eight hundred and you know now it's nowhere near ever close to that ten thousand dollar but it was the first one out there and someone really wanted to spend $10,000 on it, which, hey, more power to them. If you have 10000 laying around and you really wanted that Charizard, I mean, I'm sure you could have pulled it with just spending 10000 on card <laughs> products. But, you know, yeah. regardless, it, that's, that's how the market kind of goes, at least how I see it. And I, and I think that's why um, your channel does such a good job of how you break down you know your ebay sales and you show uh, you know what is being sold what you made from it and and it, and it really gives a good insight to people who want to learn and get into that and a, a way to kind of show i guess the honest side of everything because you're you're not doing anything you're not price gouging you're not doing anything wrong. You're, you're doing everything properly and you're being completely transparent which makes your shop and yourself look a million times better uh just because that transparency is there because everyone if you're spending that kind of money on some of these products, you're definitely going to have some reserves. You're going to want to do your research. And the fact that someone can go to your eBay store and be like, wow, that's crazy, but should I trust it? And then go to your YouTube channel and see who you are, how you handle your business, how everything is handled, like in, in your shop, you know, and everything. Like, I just think it's a, it's a great thing overall. And I think everything you just brought to the table about PSA and Beckett and the whole process, we, we get questions in so many times every week. And I'm personally no professional on speaking about it. And I know Nate is not the, 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 the exact has the every bit of knowledge about it, right? We have, we have bits of information about I it. I collect PSA side ups. 
yeah, he, he just does the side. If you have any questions about the Psyduck market, he knows about it. Uh, yes. But I think your insight there is definitely going to help a lot of people in terms of understanding because their question is, what should I go with? How should I go about it? Uh, is it really worth it? Should I do it? And I think that's a really big one. And uh, I think this could kind of transition to this question we do have for you. Um, uh, Robert sent in a question and he uh, said, uh, how can he start investing in, you know, in vintage Pokemon cards uh, if he can't really spend thousands of dollars? How can someone like right now who may not have a large amount of money to buy all the vintage stuff, maybe kind of start jumping into it to invest or to eventually sell or anything like that? Yeah. So I actually have gotten that question quite a lot as well. And what I normally tell people is, so say for example, you have a, maybe like a $500 budget per month for investing in uh you know, older Pokemon products. Now there's different, you know, avenues you can go down. You can go down the road where you're on eBay and you're searching. The One of the main things you want to do is you want to go to new listings, right? Because new listings are fresh listings. They're things that not many people have seen and they're things where you could find opportunities. So you want to constantly be refreshing new listings and a lot of times stuff will come up. So maybe a binder comes up and that's your opportunity right there. You know, there's a binder of cards that weren't played with old Wizards of the Coast era cards, EX era, you know, even, even moving into like the black and white stuff. Now, um, heart gold, soul silver, you find a binder like that. You could buy the binder and you could slowly grade the cards. Um, and you could, you could, you know, hold on to certain cards you want long-term you could sell and flip items, but really it's tough when you the lower the budget you have because you look at it two ways you want to be able to flip items right you want to be able to sell items you want to be able to buy something and sell it within a reasonable amount of time but on top of that you also you want to hold things long term so that you can watch the item grow in value so it's it's a balance of the two different things there because you want to have some money coming in because most of the times people that have money coming in that they're using for Pokemon for, you know, buying and selling items in the short term are going to use that money and put it back into buying and selling more items or holding long term. Mm -hmm. So I would say for, for shorter term moving items relatively quickly, try to find binders of raw cards, grade the cards and then sell those and then take that money and, put it back into more items um you could you know and one thing that i don't recommend people doing is i don't recommend you go out and you start buying expensive booster packs right buying like a base set booster pack for whatever they are now 125 dollars and and trying to pull out hollow and grading in a 10 and you know people get in the mindset of oh i could pull out the the base set charizard i could grade that in a 10 you know, I could sell it for whatever the price is now, $1,500. That's gambling. Don't get into that because you're going to lose a lot of money. You're going to lose a lot of money fast. Mm -hmm. It's like going to the casino. It's like gambling your money away. You're you're just 100% gambling. That's not investing, and that's not it's not smart to do that. Yeah. So don't – do not do that because I know a lot of people that get in, and they start doing that, and then they – before you know it, they're – you know, they lost tons of money. Yeah. yeah. Because the odds are, even if you do pull that hollow, right, mm -hmm. it's going to come back an eight or a nine, especially with how PSA is now. So 
don't do that. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. I always tell people do not do that. It's it's a bad idea. Um, but yeah, try to find binders, newly listed items, um, and, and refresh newly listed items, right? Because you can have something come up that is way under market and somebody just wants to move it for whatever reason and they don't really care what they get for it or they found it in their closet or whatever the case may be. Uh, that That is always good. You can you can always do local things. So you can go on, you know, the Facebook marketplace. Um, yes. That's always good, right? Because that that is your area and you can have that on lockdown. You can be like the king or it, queen of your area. It has been be good recently. Um, yeah. To me. Some areas, right? Usually, like, in my area, usually there's nothing, right? Because it's kind of just like a small town and like there's just no one here. But like it's that every once in a while thing. Like I found that... Um, one of the Game Boy uh, colors, one of the uh, the Pokemon theme one that has uh, Pikachu and Pichu on it, right? One of the ones I've always wanted because I like the handhelds for the the gaming stuff, all the Pokemon theme ones. And it was pristine condition, and it was very under market price. Like it was just disgustingly cheap, and it came with a copy of Pokemon Silver. And the cost of it was basically what the cost of Pokemon Silver goes for. And I was like, okay, that's. That's a really good deal. Yeah. And I messaged the person and they said, I'm pending a pickup right now. If it falls through, uh, you know, let's meet tomorrow. And then through the grace of Arceus, I get a message in the morning. Person fell through. Can you meet right now? I have never ran out of my house quicker to get any item. And it was, it was pristine as promised. And then I was like, you know what? Facebook marketplace came through and I appreciate that. It's the only thing I still would ever use Facebook. I don't I'm, I don't use Facebook personally anymore, but just that feature alone, I'm starting to find more deals here and there. And I found some other cool recent stuff that I've shown off in videos, just small little things here and there. Um, but it can be a tool, but also it could be just like eBay sometimes where sometimes people think that they have the rarest item in the world. And I've talked about that here on the on the podcast before about like the uh, the Pokemon Master Trainer game going for like $150 when I literally go to my shop and bought it for 25 I was like, this is way overpriced. Um, but yeah, no, Facebook definitely. There's a lot of good places to check. Facebook Marketplace, obviously, the the newest listings on eBay. Very good. Uh, very good insight to how to jump in and where to look for sure. Uh, we do have another question for you that is, it's an interesting one. Kind of going back to the grading stuff. Yeah. Um, this comes from... Uh, it doesn't have a f- oh Eric there it is it comes from Eric and they say I know the basics of how PSA you know grades regarding condition bend scratches and all that kind of stuff uh, but I was also wondering how they look at curved cards is this something they dock points for you know how if you have an older hollow or if you get like the promos out of like the three pack blisters how there's that kind of like not bend they just kind of that curvature because they've been sitting there and the, the you know the hollow in the middle kind of curls up a little bit yes how, yes. how does that process work for grading a card? So, yeah, that's a good question. They normally, if you have a bow in a card, now there's a difference between a bow and a bend, right? Because sometimes you can get cards that have really, like really bowed. Like I've opened old cards and I've had a bow that it literally looks like, um, like, like you cup your hand, like it was bowed like that much, right? Mm-hmm. And I was worried about it, but they don't dock for that. Now, if it goes and it bows so much that you actually get a crease, right? You get a crease in the middle or something, or like yeah. a, even like a, sm- a small bend, then they're going to dock it. But generally, if you have a bow, they're not going to dock you for it. Um, 
and usually you can flatten them out yourself as well. You just put them in a, um, a sleeve or binder, and then you just put some books on top of it, and you let it sit. Let it sit for the longer the better, maybe a week, and make sure you have you know a good amount of weight on top of it, and it usually flattens them out. But generally, you don't have to worry about it. Even if you send it in bowed and there's no bend or crease, you'll be fine. Nice. That's good to know. Very cool. Yeah. I have uh, I have a really, uh, I don't know, kind of fascinating question. Just in your mind, do you think that there is still a lot of uh, sealed, like, base set jungle fossil out there that people just don't know about? Mm, that's a good question. So... They never disclosed any of the print runs for any of the sets because especially when Wizards of the Coast ended their contract with Pokemon, uh, you know, that stuff kind of just is in the yeah. dark now and, and nobody nobody can talk about it. So you have that problem right there is that nobody knows the print runs. So, and then on top of that, you know, it's hard to really say where this product is you know if it is out there you know why hasn't it shown up yet or will it show up and that's a question that a lot of people have asked me over the years and i never had a you know a real definitive answer to that because it's so it's so hard to say you know there, there all it takes is one person that you know to have a a mini storage unit filled to the ceiling with booster boxes mm-hmm. um you know, it's just you, you never really know what's out there. So it's it's that's a question that's really it's just hard to say and you'll never really know the answer to it, unfortunately. I wish I could say, Oh, there's ten thousand base set of limited booster boxes in existence but the the number I wouldn't even be able to begin to guess a number. Do you that's how unknown. Do you it is. think that a lot of the vintage stuff is being opened up really fast? Like, does it worry you that a lot of people are opening up this vintage stuff and that there's not a whole lot left? Yeah, it's always something to worry about. It's just the good thing, though, is that every month that passes by, you know, every year that goes by, less and less of it in general is getting opened up because the price to get in and open these boxes up becomes more and more expensive and the payoff in return becomes less and less and it doesn't the only way to open up a lot of stuff of these boxes now is for your own pleasure really because if you're going to sit and open a skyridge booster box that costs you whatever the you know say they're twenty thousand dollars now you'll you'll never ever get close to that twenty thousand dollar price you know it's just not possible so Back, you know, you go back five years, Skyridge Booster Box, maybe whatever, 1500 bucks or, or something like that. You could open that box up all day and, and, you know, it's whether it be opportunity to get in cards graded that you wanted or making money off of it. That's what was happening. And every year that passes by, it's less and less people are, are getting or are, are opening these things. So, But it is something that's always worrying because nobody wants to see these collectibles just disappear and just go extinct essentially um but that's the one thing about collecting is that people want that chase and if that chase exists and it's hard to find these items people want they desire them more so they they go out and they try to find them and they spend the money on them um 
but yeah, it's definitely something I've always worried about. I always thought about like, wow, like what if, you know, all the base unlimited booster boxes get opened up one day? Like that's history of Pokemon. That's the original Pokemon set. That's just gone, yeah. gone from existence. Like, could you imagine? I don't think that would yeah. ever happen. Like there's always people that are going to hold them, but just the fact that one day you might not be able to go on eBay and really find these boxes anymore at all. Like, yeah, they're on there for $4,000, $5,000 or whatever people are asking now, but you can at least, they're at least listed for sale. But I think, you know, who knows? I think maybe one day we can see, you know, like a base set, first edition base set booster box in like an expensive auction house, not eBay, but like, you know, the higher end auction houses where, you know, very wealthy people gather and they buy like paintings and things like that. I could see uh, a Pokemon booster box popping up in there one day. So actually it's already, it's been happening already. Actually it's a, um, it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Heritage auctions, all these big, big auction houses where they're mainstream artwork and, um, you know, sports yeah. cards and historical documents. They put it, they're featuring first edition, Pokemon booster box on the front page. Nice. And it's incredible, yeah. Because they're 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 seeing that there's you know, there's a huge market for this stuff and it's crazy to see it next to you know, a high end painting exactly. or something like that, but it, it's happening. That's insane. <laughs> so if yeah if I had let's say a million dollars do you think I could essentially okay. share it with Do you me. think I could essentially what? buy a complete first edition Pokemon booster box collection, factory sealed. <laughs> For a million dollars, you think that could be possible? Hmm. So, <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if there is a way. I know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. I, I, uh, I just got to bring a... it up because it's always a uh, you know it's and I know you talk about it a lot probably, but. For for the people who don't know, we get we always get a lot of listeners that are just now getting into Pokemon collecting. But if you was to go to eBay and type in the word Pokemon, and then go to the the highest priced items, one of yours is in the highest priced items. Um, yes, and, and it's that beautiful picture, beautiful beautiful picture of uh, uh, all the boxes, first edition, all Wizards of the Coast. Um, and I don't know what what kind of setup is that that you have for those. Yes, yeah, so these are actually in. Um, I have a a display that I built. Um, I built a big. It's kind of like a big bookshelf. Two of them that I put together, um, and then I found these nice displays that have lights on each side. Put all the booster boxes in there. Put them in order. I did first edition base all the way through the EX era, and it is—it's a part of my collection. It's like the the greatest accomplishment I feel like that I've done with collecting. And I—I I, I feel like that's what a lot of people strive to have—is that exact thing right there. Yeah, and it's just—I mean, I—you know—that every box in that picture has a story, you know has a price it has whatever memory attached to it that got me that mm -hmm. box to put in that collection and um we're yeah, talking just, everything like you got aquapolis yeah. in there you got sky ridge you got all all the the very sought after ones 
Yes. Like that's just getting those two alone is an accomplishment. But the fact that you got a whole the whole library, like that's yes, that's insane. It's like you know, it's what people say like their pride and joy. This is this is it, and really the listing is more. Um, it's more of just to it drives people really to the yeah. store, and it's also a way for people to to look and and look at the boxes up close. You know, I have close up pictures of them, and really just you know, it's cool to see. And people Absolutely. people, I'll get messages from people that say, "Wow, like it's so cool!" Like I'm, it was really cool to see the picture. You know, the boxes or you know, great job on the uh, the the collection and everything, but. But it's, it's one of those things. Um, sorry to interrupt, but it's just it's like one no, of those things that uh, that you're not expecting to sell on that that full amount. But if right. if it did come through, would you take it? Uh, I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> it's such a tough. Uh, it's it'd be very yeah. hard for me to part ways if I had that, even it's, even at the right price. Yeah, it, it's I honestly. I don't know what I would do. Like, I really don't know what I would do if somebody bought it. I'd probably have a panic attack, to be honest with you. Like, <laughs> I, I've had instances where people were close. Like, we were we were in talks, and I just kind of, you know, I, I kind of just backed away out of it, and I couldn't, couldn't, you know, I, I couldn't think about it. It was just too much I, for me to to think about. I think honestly. that's a good decision. I mean, currently, I think I think you got to keep it. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, you it's currently something. have over a thousand two hundred people watching this <laughs> listing. Wow! Like, there's just, just sitting, people waiting. sitting there. They're like, "One day I'll do it," and they're just they're just looking at it every day, going, "One day, one day." Because you got legendary in there. You got all the E series. Like, yeah. oh man! And actually, so many I haven't I haven't told anybody this yet. Exclusive. exclusive. Uh oh. Yeah. So I'll give you an exclusive. Oh, okay. I. I yeah I haven't told anybody this yet so I'm gonna tell tell it here on the Shadowless podcast first. Um, I'm planning on completing the entire no Booster way. Box collection. No. Yes, that's what I want to see. No. Now what you don't see in this picture is this is only half of the shelving that I have. So I could fit the I could go through black and white, diamond and pearl, all of them, and fill it out and really have the entire history of Pokemon booster boxes. It's, I it's a museum. Yeah. That, that is, yeah. Like that's ooh, you should you charge people money just to come over and look at it. I would pay. <laughs> yeah. I, I would pay too. It's it's a history uh, museum. Yeah, so that's that was one of my new goals uh for this year is to to do that. So I think I'm gonna take people on the adventure of of trying to do that and you know, maybe showing people every time I get a few boxes in and, and putting them in and trying to fill it out. It, so uh, I'm really excited to, to go for that since I have my, my new appreciation for all the sets past EX era. It's it's really grown on me. So I think it's about time. I to think do it'd this. be great to see that journey. One thing I always say on my channel as well as here on the podcast is that a lot of times it's about the journey. It's almost not the end result that matters. It's the journey. Because like you said, every box that you put in there has a story. Yeah. So yeah, 100%. A lot of times it's about the journey. So it's it's a very a very fascinating piece and um if anybody is curious about it, you know, just type in the word Pokémon on eBay and then go to what is it? Price plus highest shipping or something like that and then it'll pop up there. Yeah. Um th- not the highest listing listing on on there, but it's the second highest. Yeah. 
think the highest is yeah. Gary. He has his Charizard collection up there, which yeah, it's Gary does own the actually. Spot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's incredible. It, it is his, his collection. Another on there legend is, that we'll hopefully have on the podcast yeah. one day as well. Um, is the mm-hmm. is the first edition base set booster box? Is that a Shadowless in there? Yes. So the first edition base set was only in the Shadowless uh, artworks. So basically, um, yeah, it's the it's first edition. It's Shadowless. It's got that's that's the box. That's nice. it. That is the not box. that anyone should open these, <laughs> but I'm just saying there's that probably has the Charizard. <laughs> I feel it. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. There's there's some there's, good stuff in these boxes. But yes, you lose yeah. all that value as soon as you as soon as you rip open that plastic. <laughs> so especially especially on Sky Ridge and Aquapolis, I would never in a million yeah. years. Even though I just like to open things, I, I couldn't bring myself to do it. Uh, I, I couldn't. You would, yeah, you'd have to get the Charizard in PSA ten for for first edition base to to have a chance at making any money, your money back. back. Yeah, absolutely. You, you'd hundred percent would have to get the Charizard. So I've done it before. So it's yeah, it's, it was like the craziest thing in my life but yeah i've done it before Uh, rev what's your what's your favorite set oh that so it's changing constantly every couple months i i kind of find a new fascination with another set and i kind of go over and i look through all the cards again and kind of really get into it and then sometimes i'll move on to the next one but right now it is neo revelation Oh, that's a good one um i love the neo era just all that neo era stuff it's just the artwork is amazing on it Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's so good. The Neo sets are just yeah, they're amazing, and they're they're getting Very pretty good. pricey too. Yeah, I mean, just a little bit. They're yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they are up definitely. there. <laughs> just a definitely. little bit. Just a little. Definitely up there. Um, all right, so let's let's go ahead and uh, head towards the end of the podcast here. We still have a few more things. We got an, another email. Um, and then our card picks of the week. So um, yes. let's go ahead and do our card pick of the week. Uh, so this is every right. single week. We like to pick two cards. Uh, Jordan picks one, and then I pick one, and we kind of discuss it. And hopefully by the end of the year, we will have an entire Shadowless podcast set. We can pick any card from any set, or it can be a promo. Um, but it's just something to kind of collect as you listen to the Shadowless podcast. So we do that every single week. So if you kind of want to know all the past cards that we have picked so far, um, go back and listen to the past episodes. We started doing that on episode two, um, but we are going to pick two cards this week, and I believe Jordan is actually going to give his pick to Rev this week. Right, Jordan? Right. So similar to how when we had Laughing Pikachu on, uh, when we have a guest on, we want them in their taste to kind of be a part of the Shadowless set. And we don't want to make it uh, three cards in a certain week, per se, because with the guests on. So last time for Laughing Pikachu, uh, Nate gave up his choice so she could add one. So this time I'm going to give up what I would have chosen uh, to Rev. So uh, what we do with this is we kind of play a little guessing game, if you've been listening to the episodes, where uh, I tried to guess with some hints what card... uh, was chosen and then vice versa we'll do the same thing uh now i know nate you already know yes what rev has chosen so it's just going to be me guessing rev's card and then we don't know rev and i don't know what you chose 
So we're both going to try to guess uh, what you chose. So um, who should who should I'll, go I'll first? I'll go first. How should we do this? So we can save the guest for last, save the best for last, right? Um, okay. So let me give you a hint on mine here. I'll give you a couple hints, and if you, if you think you know what it is, then go for it. Um, to kind of narrow it down really... It's Pikachu. Ah, Sorry. Dang, got it. <laughs> Psyduck. That's, that's a good, Psy- surprisingly, yeah. I have not picked a Psyduck card yet. Eventually. Eventually. I'm going to throw a curveball one of these days. And it's going to be... It'll be a rare one, too. It'll be an expensive one. I'll make sure of that. <laughs> um, so this set was released in English in 2009. Okay. So, kind of think of the sets that were released in 2009. Um, we have mm-hmm. Supreme Victors, we have Arceus, and we have Heart Gold and Soul Silver. So, I narrowed it down to three sets for you. Um, okay. okay. This card that I picked is a shiny Pokemon. Ooh. And. All right. Uh, does somebody think they have a guess? Yeah. Okay, Jordan, if you think you have a guess, go for it. Is it Shiny Ponyta, level 17, Platinum Arceus? It is exactly that one. <laughs> oh, 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 man, dude. One first try. Shot. First try. Boom, baby. It is. Wow. The... Sorry, I mean, I didn't want to. I, I should have let no, no. Rev go first. No, I would have not got that. I, so I, I, want, <laughs> I, I, wanted, I want people to try to guess it as fast as possible, so that was very impressive. But it is... The, nice. That's the one that stood out to me. It looked the right, coolest. Right, exactly. There, there's something about that shiny pony top from um, that blue fire, from Platinum man. Arceus that was released in was what November 2009. Um, mm-hmm. I and the reason why I picked this one is because I was never up until now. I've never been much of a booster box buyer, um, but I remember when when that set came out. I bought a booster box of Platinum Arceus because I really wanted that shiny Ponyta. And, it, and did you get I it? I did not. <laughs> I did oh. not get the shiny Ponyta. Um, but I just, I like the artwork on it. it. Yeah. And it's a really nice card. And I like that it's a shiny Ponyta, not a shiny Rapidash. Um, mm-hmm. It's just something kind of unique about it. Yeah, for that set, they chose three Pokemon that were in their base forms mm-hmm. for Shinies, which was cool. It was, you know, Bagon, Shinx, and then um, Ponyta. And I, I like when they do that, right? Because it's just a reverse. Yeah. But, it, you know, it's it's it's, it's such a cool little extra, little extra little chase in there. Yeah. Um, I mean, that if you know, you know. And if you didn't, it's just a surprise. They're, they're so. kind of like this kind of secret rares. I mean, because they're technically like a subset. Because yeah, they, yeah, it's a small subset that has continued on, through, right? Because like every sets. set had like a couple. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it kind of a secret rare, but kind of a subset as well, because there is an actual subset in Arceus, which is all the Arceuses. The Arceus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I just, I just like that Ponyta for some reason, and um, I think if you wanted to get one right now, last I looked, I, well, I'm looking right now. There is not one listed on eBay. Ooh. There is one in PSA form. It is a PSA 7 um, for $42. Dang. But as far as um, as far as one that's not PSA, there's not one listed. 
Now, there is some that have been sold recently. Uh, back in January, there was uh, – no, December, there was one that sold for $30. It wasn't PSA. Um, hmm. But it's always kind of fascinating when we pick a card and there's not one on eBay. And I don't imagine that it's a very valuable card. Just a very interesting card. Especially if you like. I mean, that's a very good choice. So, I like that card a lot. Monita, uh Arceus, which I have kind of a love-hate with Arceus. <laughs> I wish I can go back and open more cards from this time. Because this is a point in my life where I was a little bit on a break. And um, I didn't really... like Probably around when Diamond and Pearl started is when I kind of fell off collecting the cards as much. And I didn't come back around until, like, X and Y, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's when I fully came back around. So, like, I really wish I spent more time with Heart Gold and Soul Silver specifically. Um, you know, the Platinum sets for sure. Other ones from Diamond and Pearl. So maybe that's something I look into. I just know it's getting pricey right now. Well, and uh, well, I, my The reason why I have a, a love hate with it is because whenever they uh... – Whenever they like advertise those mystery boxes at like Walmart or something, and mm-hmm. you and it says like, "Oh, you can pull a vintage pack," and then you pull a vintage pack, it's always <laughs> platinum arsenals. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of my my love hate with that, and I definitely do not yeah. consider platinum RCS vintage at all. <laughs> not yet. No, not yet. <laughs> definitely not yet. Um, but Rev, let's get so into you- yours. Um, yeah. So if you want to um, go ahead and give some hints, and maybe Jordan can get it on the first try. I don't know if I'll have yeah. that luck twice in a row. <laughs> and actually, real quick, that uh, the shiny Ponyta. Do you guys know there's a website? It's called PokemonPrice.com, and it was made by a member of um, the E4 yeah, forums. E4. And yeah, so it actually has pricing history for. Every card on there, all the sales, whether it be PSA 10, PSA 9, you know, everything in there for years of history. Um, I just sent you the link to that listing. And I believe if that's the correct card um, that you're referring to, last that it sold in a PSA 10 was $251. On the October twenty sixth, twenty nineteen. So, Ooh, wow. Yes. Yeah, I'm, that's a little. I'm looking uh, at the site right now. That's, this is going to be the the one that everyone <laughs> hunts for when they're col- collecting the uh, <laughs> the Shadowless set. <laughs> yeah, this is actually a site that's not super well known outside of um, E four community, and it's actually extremely extremely helpful. And I probably should have mentioned it earlier, but uh, if you ever want to look at prices of cards. You can actually go on here because and see all the history because, as a lot of people know, when you go on eBay, there's only the last three yeah, months exactly. of sales. So you can actually go on here, and it goes back pretty far. I think it's at least four years of sales data. So this is something crazy. for people to see. Like that ponytail, like the last two tens before that were both best offers, 350 and then 400 Yeah. That's crazy. This ponytail is sought after. Yeah. It's definitely, for sure. I mean, it's a tough. It, it must be a tough pool. I don't know what the pool ratios are on on those, but it's got to be for that price. So, um, um yeah, I, one of those was, uh, but, I believe, is your friend there, Rev. Uh, oh, one yeah. of the sales. Um, uh, which oh, yeah. cool trainer Ryan. 
Oh. You know what? He probably is <laughs> the four hundred dollar one. <laughs> of course, Cool Trainer Ryan. <laughs> Give a nice shout out oh, to Cool Trainer Ryan. Nice shout out. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, well, I'll have to ask him about that sale and see um, see what he has to say about it. I follow it. him on Instagram. Too. Yeah, nice. I always like seeing his stuff. Very yeah, cool. he's got a really cool collection, and he's into a lot of the really unique stuff like that you're into, mm-hmm. Nate, with the. And you too, Jordan. Like the, uh, you know, like the, the sealed, the, the sealed cereal yeah, and pop tarts and all that cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Me and uh, me and Ryan could probably have a good conversation on that stuff. Hey, absolutely. I'll definitely let absolutely. him know. Um, so, that yeah, that was uh, that's actually a really good uh, a really good mention of that site. So, thank you for mentioning that. I I do get on E4 every once in a while and kind of just read some stuff, but um, that site is definitely very very knowledgeable right here. So. Yeah, I feel like a lot more people need to know about it. It's and it was only created, and in, in probably the last like six to twelve months, it's really oh, not really? That, maybe okay. twelve months. Yeah, it's, um, and I apologize, I forget the um, the guy's name, but um, yeah, I think it might be Pierce. I'm not sure, but yeah, they, he created the the site um, himself, and it's just the how he programmed the site and everything. It's unbelievable. I mean, you could see. There's graphs. There's it has all the populations of each card. Um, the you know you see the listing to each uh, eBay link on there and everything. It's it's really really helpful, especially people that want to get in and and see pricing data for PSA cards, especially highly highly. No, definitely, it. it is. I'm I'm loving it right now. I'm looking at it, and what I do like about it a lot is that it appears to be very user friendly. So yes. that's a uh, major props off. Major props and hats off is what I'm trying to say to uh, props, props off. off. That's the new word. Major props <laughs> off. Oh, and there's there's one really uh, um, awesome thing that they have on here. I believe I, I don't know how to get to it, but you can actually see the the average um, value of complete set. So oh, okay. say you want to see, yeah, it, it it'll average out each price of each card, and then it gives you. I believe like the full value of a say like a jungle set or a fossil set um, in either PSA nine or PSA ten, and that's another really helpful feature there because it lets you know like hey I'm gonna have to spend whatever five thousand dollars to complete this set at least you know ahead of time you can budget it and you kind of figure it out from there. Yeah, this is you can that's definitely really cool. search this site for hours and hours. Very interesting. Yes. All right, so go give that uh, website a look, PokemonPrice.com. Uh, Rev, what's your card pick of the week? Yes. Okay, right, so I need, some, I need some hints. Give you a hint here. So the set was released in 2001. So the two sets from that year were Discovery and Neo Revelation. Okay. Um, hmm. Another hint I will give you is it is my favorite card of all time. Ooh. Not that you would know that, but... You might. You never know. Card of all time. Hmm. I might have mentioned it a few times before. <laughs> so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to dig into my memory banks to see if I recall you saying anything. Hmm. Um, I know Revelations is your favorite set. Right, favorite. Yes. All right, but is it from that set? That's the real question. Is your favorite card from your favorite set? Hmm. So, 
I'm not sure how much of a hint I'm allowed to give you. <laughs> but I would say you're on the right track. <laughs> okay, so let's um, see. I'm trying to think of one that you might be able to give him. Hmm. I feel like I've um, heard you say you're the Pokemon, like the card before. Wait, hold on. Give me a second, hold on. Um, I'm just looking through every card right now. Trying to see if if I another hint I could say is that comes from humble beginnings. The Pokemon. Humble beginnings. You got it, Jordan. Hmm. You got it. <laughs> you would. Uh... I'll give you the final hint that will probably give it away. It it evolves from something that. <laughs> probably the weakest Pokemon is it, is in terms this, of is it the Shining Gyarados. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so what I was doing, I was like, I don't know if it's going to be another shiny or not. So I was looking a few cards over because you mentioned Gengar earlier, right? And there's Rocket's yeah. hideout that has Gengar on. I'm like, what if he's triggered? What if it's not a Pokemon? What if it's a Pokemon on a card? <laughs> and I was like, hmm. I was hoping. But no, because Shining Gyarados is great. It's a I was hoping card. you were going to say it's a basic Pokemon. Uh, just kind of yeah. throw them off because it, it is I, a basic Pokemon card. Yeah. Yeah, I heard you guys talking about Magic Carp in a previous podcast as well. So that's. Oh, I think it's it that's a very good choice. Very cool. It card. is. That's a beautiful card. Yeah. I just love how it. I mean, it's just. You know, it, it evolves from Magic Carp. Like, you think about a Magic Carp, all it does is splashes, but I don't know. It kind of resonates with me because it, you can. It basically you can it, you kind of become whatever you want or do whatever you want in life at the end of the day if you you know you work hard enough and you're dedicated and you're passionate enough you can you look at magic harp and it just evolves into this unstoppable creature in the mm-hmm. sea i mean the guy is in the boat rowing and all of a sudden this garrotish just comes out guy. i was like oh he's you're, done you're in for it buddy <laughs> you're goner especially when his eyes are pure rage red <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 have fun yeah. with that um but, but that's, that's, that's really cool that's a really yeah. cool story to add on top of it because i mean you know in the uh the, the 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 real life lore that it's based off of were those fish that would swim up the waterfall to turn into a dragon and you know that's what they're based on if you if they swam up the waterfall and made it yeah come I think dragon. they feature that in the show at one point where they were yeah. showing all the magic carps swing. And also something oh. I usually forget, but I always quickly remember is that Gyarados is actually in the first episode of Pokemon. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. When he goes underwater briefly, a Gyarados swims by him. Oh, okay. I That's always right. forget about it. Every time I rewatch the original episode, I'm like, Oh yeah, <laughs> there was a Gyarados. <laughs> Let's say that we wanted to, it was a ho-ho, that's, too. That's true. It was a I'm ho sorry, before true. anyone knew what it was. <laughs> before we all knew what a ho-ho was. And this this is actually, that ho-ho story, part of it's going to kind of relate to uh, our question, right? That we have? Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Our question of yeah, the week. Yeah, it will. But real, real fast before we get into the question of the week, if, if we wanted to add one of these to our collection, a Shining Gyarados, um, I think we're going to have to drop some money. <laughs> It's a little bit more yes. of an expensive Thanks card. Thanks to both of you, we got to drop some money. <laughs> a little bit more of an expensive card. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, just one that's not even graded, period. I mean, you're looking at probably over $100, close to, what, $150, Yeah, is what I'm saying. And then if it's a PSA 9 or 10, I mean, you're looking at way more. Yeah, if you wanted a first edition PSA 10 Shining Gyarados, you're probably looking at at least 1000 Um probably closer to 1100 at this point, maybe even 1200 PSA 9 first edition Gyarados, maybe 400 bucks or so. It's such a beautiful card. Um, it really is. But yeah, it just, yeah, I, I could look at that card all day and it just, I don't know what it is about I mean, it, but it, I just... You look at it and there's a story in it. That's, I think, one of the most fascinating things about it. There's, a, there's so yeah, many questions. There's a story too. in the artwork. And I think that's what makes it really, really fascinating. Um, and I always find it fascinating yeah. when there's a human and a Pokemon on a Pokemon card together. Uh, yeah. So that was a good pick, Rev. Very good pick. Thanks. Good pick. Yeah, very yeah. good pick. So we'll see if anybody is able to complete the Shadowless podcast set up to date so far. Um, because of right now, nobody has been able to have every card as of this recording. Um, people have become very, very close to completing it. Um, maybe like one or two cards off. Uh, so mm -hmm. if you are able to complete this set so far, make sure you post a picture of it and you tag, uh, tag us so we can see. Um, but let's go ahead and get to the question of the week. All right, our question of the week comes from Prince of Hearts. Prince of Hearts. Because there's no there's no uh, just standalone name on this. Um, but the question is, what was something you heard or saw and thought it was fake at first, but later on found out it was real? And the best example um, to give with that would be the uh, the whole peek a blue thing and hearing about that and then also relating to what we just said about Ho-Oh and all the speculation of what that Pokemon was way before we knew what that Pokemon was because uh, they gave that to us day one like Pokemon came out like here's this at least th this is what we say when 150 and more to see because you don't know what that is and we're not going to tell you for a few years so what was something Nate what, what was something what was something give me a give me a something that you thought this this couldn't be real uh but it was fake, and I'll give out. I'll, I, I can give out the example that they gave here. In yeah, the go email ahead and give the example. That uh, that um, that they were at a flea market when they were younger, and a guy had a uh, a new Steelix card there that they wanted to trade or sell, or you know, and he thought it was fake because at the time Onyx didn't have an evolution because this was a, this was a Japanese Steelix card, uh, uh. and they didn't have an evolution. But later down the road, the new series came out, and then you find out that wow, that card was real. So what was what was something that you may have thought fake, but really was real? I, I mean, you already gave the example for me, and it was the Peekaboo. I think that was the biggest. That's the schoolyard talk. Uh, yeah, right there. it was always the schoolyard talk of mm -hmm. Peekaboo. And was this a was this an evolution of Pikachu? Was this a pre-evolution of Pikachu? Like what 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 relationship did it have to Pikachu? And then come to find out. Had no relationship to Pikachu, and it wasn't even the right name. <laughs> it was just something that that Tops came up with because they didn't have a name for that Pokemon. Um, yeah, but that Pikachu will, will always be be that one for me. 
Pika Blue is my Steelix. I think I think some good examples of some schoolyard talk when I was younger definitely relate to because um, this is the biggest thing around the time was going into the second generation. Uh, it was always rumors of more Pokemon and what would they be or are they ever going to make more Pokemon and every other day some kid would be like no they're not making any more Pokemon and some other kid would be like no they're going to make like 2,000 more Pokemon and, and, and make this and that and one of the, the biggest things was discussing if Pokemon had a like if certain Pokemon had a pre-evolution the, the concept of a pre-evolution and this was something that in, in reverse case that I thought was legit that there were going to be baby Pokemon and no one believed me. They thought I was stupid. I said, well, there could be, uh, you know, uh, a new Pikachu that's before Pikachu. If they can evolve, what if, what if there is a something before that, you know, and lo and behold, <laughs> next generation comes around and a lot of baby Pokemon came to came to be a thing. Uh, I didn't have anything to back up my claims. I didn't read it in a magazine. It's just one of those rumors that I thought would be legit. And um, in reverse case, um, probably to an extent of what Pokemon would get evolutions, I didn't believe. Like, I didn't think um, Sizzle or uh, Scyther would have an evolution, yeah. but it had a Scyther. You know, it had Scizor, and that's fantastic. Um it was stuff like that. I was always speculation, and and then the the amount of discussions we had about what that ho oh was at the time, um, we we thought that was the god Pokemon. We thought that was like the end all be all like Pokemon god. And it turns out a few generations later, it's Arceus. But <laughs> ho oh was just this elusive thing that we didn't have any background on. Some said it was no, it was just a discolored Pidgeotto that we we get to see, or it was something. Nope, it was a whole new Pokemon, just years ahead of its time. And uh, so, like that for me, that was like kind of the the stuff that was versus the whole real or fake, and you know, finding out you know shortly after. But Rev, what about you? Was there anything specifically you can remember? Yeah, so actually, something that I thought was fake that ended up being real was when I first saw the legendary collection reverse hollows oh um, okay i mean they just look so fake <laughs> they look like fake it. cards yeah yeah i thought they were fake but no they're real they're and now they're super <laughs> now they're worth a while. <laughs> now, now, now it's a nice little collection them. piece <laughs> yeah and actually a lot of the reverse hollows sell for more than the hollows in the set because they're that cool looking and unique oh, yeah. so and they're oh, hard yeah. to, they're harder um, to pull, definitely, for sure. Yeah. Very cool. That's a good example. Um and before we before we set off into the sunset, um we do have another guest that's gonna be on the podcast next week. Uh yeah. What? Next week. <laughs> next week. back to back guests. No way. And uh, Rev, I know that's you know crazy. exactly who of. this person is. I probably didn't tell you who it is gonna be, but you know who the person is. Um and this person recently just pulled a first edition, Shadowless Charizard. <gasps> yeah. Boom. Pokey Radar. No. The, the man himself. Pokey oh, yeah. Radar is going to be on the podcast next week. So make sure you tune in for that. Um, we got we to gotta talk to him about this crazy pull that he just had straight from a booster pack. He live streamed it. Um, 
That was insane. Rev, did you end up seeing that? Oh yeah. <laughs> that wasn't that was crazy. I put it on my story immediately. After I it saw was that. I was like I was kind of shaking myself watching that. That was that was intense. Cuz that's yes. something you rarely see is someone actually pulling yeah. a first edition Shadowless Charizard. That's absolutely the best card you could possibly I, I know. It doesn't get better than that. So uh Radar will be on the podcast next week. So make sure you tune in for that. And uh Rev, it's been it's been a blast sitting here talking to you. Like I I know we could legit talk for hours and hours on end. I know you have plenty more stories. So um if you're up for it in the future, I'd love for you to come back on and and talk some more stories with love us it. and just chit chat and have a good time. Absolutely. Oh, thank you guys so much for having me on. It's been so much fun talking to you guys and going over all the different things about Pokemon, collecting, investing, and just just I our feel passions. like we've only so, uh, I, touched the tip of the iceberg, really, with with our conversations. Mm-hmm. And um, definitely, I, I I gotta say, and I know Jordan will agree with me, but you are a uh, a very wonderful person and a very valued member of the community as well and what you are doing with your youtube channel um and spreading knowledge and just being yourself um it's enjoyable to watch and it's very uh informative to watch um but most of all i i'm happy to see you happy um that's what makes me the happiest is to see you happy because I can tell when I'm watching you that you truly enjoy what you are doing. And that's what I love to see is people enjoying what they love in life and being themselves. So, um, Rev, yes, it, it, it's, it's only going to get better from here on out for you. I truly feel that. I really appreciate that. And that was the other thing was that you guys have been so accepting of me, you know, newly on the platform and, just open arms, extremely motivating, helped me with any kind of questions I've had and just all around have been amazing friends and I can't really ask for anything more than that. Well, thank, so thank you. you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank um, you. Rev, if people want to go check out your channel or they want to see your Instagram page, where can people find you at? So on YouTube, I am PokeRev and on Instagram, I am Pokemon underscore revolution underscore cards and how how often do you post a week on uh youtube that is so right now i am going for five to six times a week five of the videos being um you know pre-recorded and edited videos and then probably once a week a live video so trying to go for about six okay so that's that's definitely definitely good and you've like I said, we've both been watching your content, so it's awesome seeing uh, you talk about the stuff that you love. So please, everybody mm-hmm. in the Shadowless family, go check out uh, Rev's channel. Um, and Rev, hopefully we'll get to talk again soon on the podcast. Looking yes. forward to that. All right, Jordan, where can we find you at? You can find me at your local Denny's eating. No, I'm kidding. You can find me on YouTube. Jordan Fringe. Uh, I open Pokemon cards. I buy out stores, and and then I pull good cards sometimes, but not all the time. And you can find me on Instagram as well. Uh, 
you know, doing Pokemon stuff at Jordan Fringe 94. <laughs> and if you want to watch, if you want to watch <laughs> me make a fool of myself, um, you can find me on Instagram, Real Breaking Nate. Find me on YouTube, uh, Real Breaking Nate as well. If you want to watch me fall off a skateboard, that's definitely up there because I, I definitely do it. And on TikTok because I love he TikTok so much. Uh, Real Breaking Nate on there as well. Um, and that is it for this week's episode of the Shadowless Podcast. And um, what else? I feel like there's something else I need to say. Oh, yeah. Make sure you leave a review. Leave a review if you're listening on iTunes or on <laughs> Spotify. It definitely helps very, very much. I think we're really, really close to um, 100 reviews or ratings on iTunes. So let's see if we can get that above 100 by the next time we do uh, an episode of the Shadowless Podcast. Help us bop to the top, all the way to the very top of the ratings charts. And we'll see you all next week right here on the Shadowless Podcast. Bye-bye. See you.